What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the reunion of Final Fantasy VII Remake Podcast. I am your host, Kai, and joining me once again today is my extraordinary co-host, Viz. How are you doing, Viz? I'm doing fine, besides being a little bit tired, but <laughs> it should be okay. Just mm-hmm. bear with me. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? I totally hear you. Yeah, I'm I'm doing okay. I, I kind of felt a little under the weather. Like this morning, I woke up in the middle of the night and I just had um, like something going on with my throat. Oh boy. Um, but it seems to have passed. Yeah. So I drank a bunch of water and I'm, I slept a little bit more. So I got more rest. Um, but I was doing other things like singing and stuff like that. Um, recording as well. So it could have had something to do with it. And like you said earlier, having the heat on, it makes it really dry mm, in my house. Yeah. It's been so cold outside. It's been like minus 30 degrees Celsius oh. here for like a week. It's so cold, guys. Please, somebody send help, please. Um, send fire. <laughs> right? Yes, exactly. Fire Aga. Somebody exactly. just like cast it around yeah. here and just melt this like I don't even know what this or is. So- it's summon Bahamut or Ifrit or something. Oh, oh, that would be fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Please, somebody do that. So how was your Valentine's Day? Uh, it was like any day, any other day. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm yeah. currently still uh, alone. All alone. Right. So I don't really care what day it is. I just do my thing. <laughs> I mostly worked on the script. Yeah. So it's fine. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I didn't do too much. I treated myself to some dinner. So I ordered oh, nice. some pho, which is like Vietnamese soup. Yep. Um, and I'm vegetarian. So I got like vegetarian version and it was delicious. So I picked that up, had that for um, dinner yesterday. And yeah, just bought some treats and played some video games. And that's pretty much it. Just relaxed and just kind of, you know, took some some me time. So mm. <laughs> some much needed me time. Yeah, you, you need that sometimes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, guys. So people have been asking the best way to support us here on the podcast. So as always, the best way to support us here is to like, sub, and share the podcast. Hop on over to our YouTube channel and subscribe if you haven't already done that. Also, you can uh, sub us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, because we are available literally everywhere. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter as well. And I've been posting things on Twitter more regularly, trying to engage with our podcast community. And it's been so awesome getting to know, you know, people in our community and in the Final Fantasy community. I'll also be posting some information on some incredible giveaways that we have planned in the future. So please sub us there for all the information on those giveaways. All right, Viz. So, what's been going on over at Cosmo Canyon Observatory? Uh, not too much. I finished the first Final Fantasy XVI analysis, all about the world, the crystals, the realms, Ooh. all nice. the good stuff, and the world map. Um, mm-hmm. And now I'm still working on the script about Cloud and Sephiroth, especially all the new elements that mm-hmm. are in the remake. There's a lot, really so much that it's uh, going over 40 pages in Word right now. But it will be breaking yes. up into several little pieces, probably more than the Aerith's one, like maybe five five individual, individual videos, because it will be just right. too much to create a three-hour video at once or something. 
So I'll be doing that, mm -hmm. and, and then uh, like uh, interlace it with more Final Fantasy 16 analysis. I still have uh, three more to go. So it will be fun, but it's kind of a downtime now until I have the full right. script done because I need to have it done to be able to properly split it up and to have everything in one mm -hmm. piece and not maybe forget about things and change your mind later. So I, I need to do it right from the get-go. Right. That's about it. Absolutely. Well, if you guys haven't checked out Viz's incredible content yet, um, you definitely have to. So hop on over to Cosmo Canyon Observatory to check out all his amazingly detailed analysis videos, uh, like you just said. So the Final Fantasy 16 um, analysis video is out. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait to see what you are, um, you know, what you come up with, with about the cloud and Sephiroth analysis as well. I'm super excited to, uh, to see that. Also, I just want to shout out to the Cosmo Canyon Observatory Discord server. So there is an annual uh, Cosmo Canyon Observatory Award Show that will be taking place on Sunday, February 21st. And it's taking place at 8 p.m. GMT and 9 p.m. CET. So two members, well, multiple members of the CCO community are involved in, in this. But uh, Joe and Kuda will be presenting the first and possibly only annual CCO Awards show, and everybody is invited. So if you guys haven't done so yet, hop on over to the Cosmo Canyon Observatory um, Discord server and join to be involved in in that. So you can take, you can just watch it. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. I'm super excited to see that. And do the poll because it's what it's based on. Yes. <laughs> Yes, exactly. So voting is open. I think yep. it opened uh, on last Friday, I think. February 12th. Yeah. Yep. Friday, February 12th. So you there's a bunch of different uh, categories and nominations within each category. All you need to do is vote for who you think should win each category. And it's a Google Doc, so it's shared as well on the Cosmic Canon Observatory Discord server. You'll be able to find it there. And then the winners will be announced Sunday, uh, February 21st at 8 p.m. GMT and 9 p.m. CET. All right, guys, so today for our episode, we are talking all about Final Fantasy VII OG mods. But first, before we start talking about that, let's talk a little bit about Final Fantasy VII Remake news. So it looks like the Final Fantasy VII Orchestra World Tour performance has come and gone. It was an incredible performance. I didn't get to watch the whole thing, Viz. I don't know if you got to watch it or nope. not, but I did see some snippets of it posted online, which uh, eventually, actually, they were pulled. Like, they were taken down. I think they were probably sent DCMA yeah. requests. Um, but it looked super amazing. I, I'm super jealous of people who actually got to, you know, experience this in person. Uh, shout out to Audrey as well for... Um, she was tweeting, actually, like, the live stream. She was there in person, so she was... She was tweeting it um, while she was watching it, and um, it seems like it, it was incredible. And they were showing like clips of videos, I think, in between and interviews uh, with the developers, different people from the development team. And at one point, there was kind of like this, it was like a newscasting background, like as if it was like a newscast. Mm -hmm. um, and it said, breaking news for Final Fantasy VII Remake or something. And then people started losing their minds thinking, oh my God, we're getting an announcement, blah, blah, blah. But it was actually just, I think, about a news update about the orchestra or something like that. Some merch, no, I guess. It was from merch, yeah, you said. I oh, it's from merch. Okay. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure, but I think it was some, some new merch. Stuff. Yeah. 
So everybody was like, wow, yeah. wow, Square Enix just trolled us <laughs> <Again>. so hard. <laughs> so in actuality, we actually got nothing. We got nothing. We got no right. announcements. Uh, we got nothing at all. And you know what? I'm not surprised. <laughs> After, like, I was hoping that we would get something and there were rumors like online that we were probably going to get some kind of an announcement. Um but we didn't get anything and that's totally fine. Like I, I'm still super excited about, you know, what the potentiality of what we're going to get. Like if we're getting a definitive edition, a PS5 edition, which, and a PC version, which I'm sure is coming, you know, it's just, it wasn't announced yet. I can't wait for that, but it was just fun speculation. You know, I just liked talking to you about it and other people online. And I feel like that's totally fine. So I, I'm I'm not really upset or disappointed. Uh, and I'm not surprised because like it's just it was a Japan only um, performance uh, and it was locked to like Nico Nico television or TV or something. So, you know, it might not have been the best time to announce something. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> of that capacity. You know what I mean? Like looking back, I was kind of thinking like, hmm, like I probably should have known you know Mm -hmm. like it's just it was an orchestra performance um and but yeah i mean final fantasy 7 remake was number five i think trending in japan during this time um and it was also super trending as well on twitter and other social media platforms because people are talking about this game and it's great that we're almost a year since launch and people are still talking about it Mm -hmm. and still are interested in part two and finding out any information about this game at all i think that it's been fantastic just knowing that you know there's conversations still happening about this game and it's basically just a a matter of time before we get this ps5 version and an announcement for pc and xbox series x and maybe other consoles as well like the switch we don't know but um yeah yeah maybe and hope hopefully so but Probably not on April 10th, because otherwise we probably already have a uh, announcement or something, because it's a bit more, uh, no, less than two months off. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm pretty sure they right. want to focus all their uh, manpower and resources on part two, pretty sure. So I'm not mm-hmm. quite sure that this, such a remaster has a high priority, but could be wrong. Maybe they they drop yeah. drop something. Oh, it's April tenth. Here's the remaster. Enjoy. <laughs> I don't know, like they did with uh, the FF seven original remaster uh, when right. they, I think it was when the tra- trailer, the PlayStation Experience trailer dropped. Then they also said, okay, by the way, we have the original remastered kind of remastered ported right. on the PS four. Enjoy, without any uh, other announcement. So this might happen. Who mm-hmm. knows? Or within some other event with some other uh, final, uh, other PlayStation um, announcements, remasters, what have you. Yes. It was also interesting that apparently, according to Audrey, the people who bought tickets to this concert have uh, received a link to uh, a survey, like how how well they they thought the uh, concert was and stuff, just like for feedback. Yes. And at the end, they got, um, like, I'm not quite sure, a link or a PDF or something of a Final Fantasy VII remake 
Midgar news pamphlet, like something that would be in 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 this world, in uh, the world of uh, Final Fantasy VII, from Shinra, like from Midgar, just some some news like uh, about weather, about uh, Cosmo Cannon drink in uh, in Seventh Heaven, something about stamp, like uh, a short for for image comic strip, something about Loveless, like the, the musical and was what else so many things she posted a whole lot and she will post a lot more tomorrow because it's apparently kind of a small magazine full of of in uh, in lore in world interesting things but uh, something that was pretty cool is uh, the the loveless text it's kind of an ad of sorts and the way it's written, you can just replace Loveless with Final Fantasy VII Remake, and it would make sense because they talk about the, the Loveless musical, which is a retelling of the, the theater play, but it has a different ending. <laughs> right. So it's, yeah, and, and also it was hard to get tickets, and it was also hard to get tickets for the demo at E3 and at Gamescom and stuff. So it has kind of parallels. It's kind of a nice Easter egg, I must, I must say. And they also uh, post a question, or a big fan post a question: which which should I uh, watch first, the musical or the play? And yeah, people also ask: should I play for the OG first or uh, the remake first? Mm. And it's yeah, it's <laughs> it's pretty funny. And there was uh, were some other stuff also a Final Fantasy VI reference or Easter mm-hmm. egg, like the uh, the last flight, which. Uh, Broken, dream, broken dreams, uh, lost, lost wings, and broken dreams and stuff. Written by something, something Gabbiani, which is the last name of Setzer Gabbiani from Final Fantasy VI, and he has mm-hmm. also lost uh, broken dreams and uh, lost, uh, what was it, wings? So it's I th- first thought it was something about Zack because he also get uh, wants wings and got wings when he died and and what have you, but it, it I think. It's just such a reference because I I, I read through Setzer's Wikipedia entry on the Final Fantasy Wikia and it was I didn't find any reference or anything that could be kind of translated into a secret hint for Final Fantasy VII remake or something. So it's I guess it's just purely for uh, Easter eggs, cool references, fleshing out the world a little yeah. bit with the weather, which was... Oh, by the way, I forgot forgot this. The weather they showed for, I think, five, I five locations. <laughs> it also had like the intensity of Marco or something. Oh, I'm not cool. quite sure if it's okay. Marco radiation or just Marco... Like how much Marco you could extract from the, the Earth or something. It's uh, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's super awesome that they were giving out this pamphlet with extra information so you could read up about Chinra and Midgar and just giving more lore, you know, to the world and everything. I thought that was super awesome. And then I started to think that, remember the trademark for the Shinra Electric Power yes, Company logo? Yes. Then I, I was thinking that maybe they had to file trademark for it because they were printing mm-hmm. this pamphlet maybe, like yeah. for the concert. So then... And they are going on tour. Well, it's still scheduled anyway. Like I checked and I'm in Canada, so I'm in Ottawa. So I wanted to go see it in Toronto. And the scheduled dates for Toronto, I think it's October oh, nice. uh, 13th and 14th, 2021. So I'm not sure if, like, I, I really want to go. If it's safe, then I'm going to try to attempt to go. And I'll be, you know, reporting on that and interviewing people there at the time in October. 
But after we're done watching it, are we going to get the same thing, but with an English translation? You know what I, I mean? Hope so. so it does kind of go in line with like that where, you know, they are touring these places where the trademarks were approved, mm, I guess, I like Canada, yeah, US, gotcha, and gotcha. Europe. So mm, who knows? Maybe. You know, I started to think, because I'm like, oh, it's actually about Shinra. So they probably had to trademark it because they're sending this out to people. I don't know. Anyways, just an idea that I had. Maybe not. Maybe it's something to do with another game. We don't know. But anyway, um, I thought that was super awesome. I read the whole thread from Audrey's uh, Twitter. Same. And it seems super interesting. Yeah, especially, too, about the Loveless musical and the mm. play. It's two different things, and the endings are different. And um, and the stamp shenanigans was super yeah. funny as oh, well. Oh, right. I forgot to mention this. Yeah, it's, uh, it's this, the, the four comic strip. Uh, it, I think it starts mm-hmm. out with a photographer who photographs Stamp and compliments him, him about the, the smile. But then he said, "Yeah, of course you smile. You're just a decoy." <laughs> and the real Stamp was sitting yeah. behind and munching on on the crunchers or, or the, the crackers, chips. Interesting. Not quite. She, she, but apparently they're both beagles. Yeah, though. they're both That's beagles. So it's said, like... it's uh, probably just just for fun. Yeah, uh, like it's not. Uh, the other one was a Yorkshire Terrier, I think. Yeah, I think whole, so. Yeah. Like, <laughs> other timeline yeah. where like you know anyways um but yeah unfortunately she wasn't able to share the actual comic because it exp- explicitly says yes. do not share <laughs> mm-hmm. please why do yeah. you keep gating everything square <laughs> <laughs> seriously so i really wanted to watch the orchestra performance and i found out that some people did figure out a way to watch it i think they made a nico nico account with a vpn and then they bought nico nico tv like points or something like paid they bought the points i think it's five thousand points and then you would trade the points in to be able to watch it but they paid with uh, i think like north american version of payment or something or use paypal i'm not sure anyway so some people were able to actually watch the entire thing so it's really sad that i couldn't watch it but i feel f- good because if they're coming i'm just gonna go watch them anyway oh, for um, sure. here in toronto if if it's safer so we'll see but I know it's in October, but anyway, I'm just excited that they're coming and it's still scheduled and I could potentially just go see it anyway. So mm-hmm. for sure. All right, everyone. And now a word from our friends over at First Encounter Podcast. Have you ever thought, boy, I sure do wish I could experience my favorite game again for the first time. Do you clutch a bouquet of flowers to your bosom while thinking fondly back of nostalgic, heady days of gaming gone by? Well, golly gee wizard, do we have the podcast for you. <laughs> I'm Chris, and Final Fantasy VII is my favorite game of all time. And I'm Hanny, Chris's best friend for over two decades, and I've never played Final Fantasy VII in my life. Join Hanny on his first journey through Final Fantasy VII and experience him grow from this... Hey you! What are you looking so down for? Okay, so this oh, is a hey, character... Hey, hey, it's, it's uh, Cat Seth. This is a character you're gonna have to keep a voice for. Shit. You're going to hate it. Honestly. Oh, I already do. To this. Yeah, over here. I take it. The keystone. Well done. Oh, you f- Oh, you f- I'm going to kill you. Hey. Wait a second. I won't run or hide. Yes, I was a sp- I said it was Kate Sith. Didn't I say it was Kate Sith? Yeah, and I said it was Tifa. If you missed the excitement of playing Final Fantasy VII for the first time, then First Encounter is the series for you. Find us at firstencounterpodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. 
All right, Viz. So like I said, today we are talking all about Final Fantasy VII OG mods. Uh, we're super excited for today's episode because not only are we going to be talking about mods, we have two incredibly special guests with us here today. They are the heart and soul behind the popular Final Fantasy VII modding community. From creating modding tutorials, modding our favorite game that we all know and love, Final Fantasy VII, to creating uh, Sunamod's community and Project Echo S. It's Suna and The Crane. Welcome. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Good to be here. <laughs> We're so excited that you guys could join us today for our episode of the podcast. Um, so how are you guys doing? Yeah, pretty good. Just passing the time, you know, just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not really doing that much outside of that, just working away on stuff behind the scenes <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. like me yeah I'm, I'm really busy I don't, I don't i don't know why you guys pulled me out to do that i'm just kidding um, <laughs> yeah no i'm i'm fine i'm fine um this is actually kind of a nice change i think i think i could speak for me and suna this we we mm-hmm. haven't done something like this in a while we've been slaving off in this whole mod <laughs> yeah for sure. so yeah well, like I said, uh, Viz and I are so appreciative that you, you know, you took the time to be able to uh, chat with us all about uh, Final Fantasy VII mods today. And um, I just hope you guys are staying safe and healthy during these difficult times. Um, so we're going to go ahead and um, I just want to take a second, sorry, for you guys to introduce yourself to our listeners, just in case they don't know who you are or um, in particular, like what do you what you do? So uh, let's go ahead and uh, go to Suna. Okay, so yeah, I'm Suna, or Tsunomics, uh, which I, I go by occasionally. Um, I'm the creator of the Tsunomods community. Um, from what I'm aware, it's, oh, it's the second community for FF7 modding. I think there is only mm-hmm. two, besides uh, myself and the Quim forums. I've uh, been running it for quite a while now. Started entirely just as a passion project. And uh, my, my whole story pretty much has been one thing led to another. And here we are, <laughs> and it's it's been great, yeah. It's uh, it's pretty much the basics without me answering any future questions that we're going right. to talk about. Mm-hmm. All right, and the crane. Uh, okay. Let's see. Um, I am a voice actor, a voiceover mm-hmm. artist. Uh, I don't know how people like to say it nowadays. Um, I've been doing this for quite a while. Uh, I've never really wanted i've never really actually thought of going pro um i really do like doing these kinds of projects uh Mm -hmm. this is sort of my work away from work so all so this is pretty much like a passion thing i love final fantasy like Mm -hmm. i have a whole youtube account that's that's just for content on final fantasy so i've been doing that for a really long time uh yeah and then yeah we me and suna sort of came together to, to to make this yeah that's it that's nice so I just wanted to take a second to kind of go into, I guess, more in depth about the history about Tsunamons and the community there. So um, like, where did you guys get your start exactly? And um, I know that you're continuing still today to c- continue to create Final Fantasy VII um, mods. So just give us a little bit of a breakdown on, I guess, like how you guys met and, and what you guys um, do, but also a history about Tsunamons, the community. Yeah. Um... So me and Crane met originally when, um, let's say it was maybe a year ago now, would you say? Maybe more? A little more. A little more than a year ago now, yeah. 
Um, I was I was on the hunt for a new voice actor for Barrett because our previous oh. one had to leave the team, unfortunately. Oh, Mick. Yeah. And I found that a good way to do that would be to go through either websites like Casting Call Club or YouTube and just right. search up characters, look up for voiceovers or whatever I could find based around that character. And mm-hmm. I came across an old video that Crane had put up of an FF7 demo reel where he just did basically every character <laughs> in the game <laughs> extremely <laughs> nice. well, may I, may I add. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so I decided, you know what? I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna email this guy, see if he responds to me, <laughs> and he did, and he accepted the role as Barrett, and then nice. I was working with him for a while, and then things evolved from there. He ended up getting, then getting Cloud because we had we had to replace the Cloud voice actor, and then he he got upgraded to being the director as well. <laughs> nice. Congratulations. So that's just the that's the basic premises of how we mm-hmm. met anyway. Yes, no no voice actors were harmed in that whole process. <laughs> <by the way. laughs> and if they did, well, I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh what about a little bit of history about Sunomods and the community there? So, it, it's kind of interesting. I never actually intended Sunomods to be a community. Um, Sunomods was originally just what I went by. That was my online alias. But then whenever I started going to, like, different websites, the name was taken in a few different places. So I changed it to Tsunamix. And I sort of felt like at the same time that was more of a, uh, a a person. Like, I don't know, Tsunomods just sounded like a a team name, more of a group sort of thing. And then, you know, just... Eventually, whenever people did start joining me, because I started with the Echo S project, and I didn't, I didn't think it was right to have a project that involved that many people, not have sort of like a team name. And then right. after, after Echo S had started, and th- there's a long process between creating a mod mm-hmm. like that, a long waiting process between the actors getting their script. And then doing their lines, sending it to the editing team, the editing team edits and sends it to me. You know, there's a long time. And originally, when I was the director, I didn't, I don't know, I was very impatient. I, I didn't enjoy sitting waiting for people to send me their lines. So I just found other things to do. And during that time was when I picked up how to put music in the game and sound effects and 3D models and all the magic and the battle scenes. And I pretty much just learned nice. everything you can do. And from there, I started, like, all these other different projects that I would do in my spare time when I didn't have lines to put in the game. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of grew. I don't know. Like, I put it up on Nexus, and people were commenting, and I made YouTube, and I started streaming on Twitch, and it just kind of grew from that point, and got a bit out of hand, so I started asking <laughs> for help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes total sense, because you're kind of doing all of this on your own right like solo and then the more it kind of grows the more you're like okay i can't do just do everything myself right you're gonna have to recruit more people to help and and uh kind of take on various roles and um i totally understand understand you know that background as well and um I just want to take a second now to talk about Project Echo S. So you did mention that. So can you just talk a little bit about that? And I guess tell us tell us what it is, um, just for our listeners. So just in case they don't already know what that is. Yeah, absolutely. So Echo S is a voiceover project for Final Fantasy VII. 
Uh, it's not a YouTube fan dub series or anything like that. It will be a playable mod that you can download, put in the game, and FF7 will be voice acted. Okay. Simple as that, really. Um, it's got a few extra features inside it as well, um, which are, you, you can toggle them on and off if you don't want them, because these days I've I've learned that everything should be optional, because you can't please everyone, <laughs> and the best thing you can do outside of pleasing everyone is try to annoy as few people as you can. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So the, uh, the the extra features I've got in there, for example, there's automatic text. So whenever a voice line finishes, it will close the text window itself and move on to the next one. So you don't have to sit there spamming confirm on your controller all day. Uh, I have a totally random weather system that I've created. So occasionally it will rain or you'll have high winds or it might thunder. Um, and there's a full calendar system in there as well, which is like a day and night system. But it also contains what day it is and the date. So days will actually okay. pass and you'll be able to open the menu and see it pretty much where your gill is on the menu. It'll tell you the time and the date. And I'll be able to create events and stuff based on what day it is. Or right. say NPCs go home at night and they lock their doors so you can't raid their cupboards, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Good thinking. Yeah, just thought there'd be nice little quality of life features that are mm -hmm. totally optional. So, you know. And also uh, additional quests, if I remember correctly. That is something I've been uh, wanting to do. If anything, I'm thinking that it would be more of a uh, quote-unquote DLC. I won't oh, build I it directly into Echo S because a lot of people might not want mm -hmm. that. So I'll build like an add-on that you can download and mm -hmm. run with Echo S and it'll just give you that extra content. But of course, everything is totally free and always will be forever. Mm-hmm. So when I say DLC, I use it lightly. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I, I do remember 4A Productions playing, I think, the first demo or something until I think it was up to uh, the first visit to uh, the Sector 7 slums. I think there was one additional quest where I had to uh, fight a few baddies in the train graveyard or the upper part there or something. I vaguely remember something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, the first demo I released... Uh, this was a long time ago now. In fact, yeah. we had an entirely different cast at that point in time. So if anybody's seen that but not seen anything new, we're we're about <laughs> ten times better now than we were then. Yeah. So, <laughs> But yeah, the original demo went up to Airbuster, um, and there was another a new quest that I put in. I created a system called the UTS, which was an unlock tracking system. Hmm. And it would it would log any information that the player would receive from, like, random NPCs. You talk to a random NPC, he would say something like, you know what, I heard around 6pm on Thursdays this monster appeared in the forest east of here. And, you know, it would log that data, but you wouldn't really know. So you'd have to open the UTS. It was kind of like a tablet. You know, you, you'd turn it on, you'd load it, mm -hmm. you'd scan for data. It'd be like, yeah, we picked up this during one of your conversations, and it would give you a quest based on it. And the uh, the quest I had in that particular demo was to escape from 10 fights. And if you escaped from 10 fights and went back into the UTS, it would unlock a new outfit for Cloud, mm. which was uh, the Advent Children model. Oh, Because nice. at the time, I had 3D models for everything built into EchoS. I was going to make it an all-in-one project. But now the 3D models have been removed from EchoS, and they're their own thing now called the Cetra Project, which you, you, know, you can use oh, together. Oh, so. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And a little bit of trivia. Um, Echo S is named Echo S after the item Echo Screen, 
Mm. Uh, specifically because the echo screen cures silence. Yep. And <laughs> so does adding voice acting. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just That's was, so uh, awesome. It's cool. Pretty cool, yeah. I was, I was really proud of coming up with that. <laughs> you should. Nice. Oh, oh did, you, did you know that was the reason why, like, during the time when he asked me, he was like, because I don't mod, right? So I've never heard right. of any of this. And when he asked me, he was just like, oh, yeah, this is the thing. And I'll be honest with you, this is not the first time anybody's asked me to. Uh, it wasn't the first time somebody asked me to to be a, in a dub of the whole game of a Final Fantasy game, mm-hmm. you know, and one of the projects fell short. So I was just like, ah, you know, I'm a little weary of this because I don't want to do like like hundreds of lines and then the project drops. Right. <laughs> and so I was like, I, I had no way of scoping I had no way of scoping soon out or anything, right? So I couldn't do any research. But then I was like, okay, so what, how, hmm, do I want to do this or not, right? Mm-hmm. And then when I, uh, and I was like, hmm. And the thing that pushed me over the edge was the fact that it was called Echo S. And I was like, oh, that's Echo Screen. Oh, that's clever. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm sold. My wits, sold. my wits only got you on board. <laughs> yes, I, you outwitted me. A decision that I will never regret. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So that's a little trivia for you, but yeah. That's cool. Perfect. That's so awesome. I'm really excited about this project. And um, so is it available now? Like, can people go to the Sunomans community or your website and download this and install it right now? Uh, Not yet. Um, It could be quite a while before full completion. um, Because whenever I bought Cranin as the director, because, you know, he actually knows what he's doing. The only reason I was a director <laughs> at any point was just because I, I had control over, over everything. It was kind right. of my job, you know. Um, whenever I brought Crane in as the director, he was like, all right, so this is my job. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to review all the actors. I'm going to make sure they're all good and they're willing to stay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we did a bit of a recast. So we did, have, we did effectively have to start again at that point. Oh, I see. But um, things are running pretty smoothly. I don't have a set date for completion just because so many cogs need to turn at a good speed and work together to be able to get to that end point. Mm-hmm. So we can't specify. We can sort of guess to an extent. Uh, Crane would know more about that because he works as the director. <laughs> he works directly with the actors and he has his deadlines and quotas and stuff. So, But um, there will be a playable demo again soon. Nice. Cool. Yeah, I, th- I think the demo, depending on how fast me and Suno work, I think with... I think we pretty much have what we need uh, to complete at least the Midgar saga. So, so I think, I think at best, end of this month. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah, so pretty, uh, so if you want to play it right away, then mm-hmm. you, you should be able to, if you want to, if you want to give the, if you want to tell people to play it right away, then release this at that time. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, yeah, I, I think that's what it is. Um, We've sort of shifted because before I took on the project, what uh what what was done before, and I was still in the project at the time, like I was Baron, mm-hmm. right, and the cloud for a little for a little time. But um, what we used to do was we would do them sort of uh chronologically. But then now that um now that sort of when when I took over, I I we had sort of this one motto where it was just like you know we don't re- we don't really need you to do it chronologically, do the lines chronologically. Right. You just do it to completion, so everybody has their own little. Every actor, especially like the major actors, right? They all have their like. They have to take note of like which maps they've done, mm-hmm. everything like that, and you know. And I think we're we're pretty far 
ahead, along when it comes to at least the completion of all the lines. So it's all nice. about like putting them in and mixing. But yeah, and coding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess that kind of brings us to the next thing that we're going to be talking about here. So we're going to kind of dive a little deeper about um, into how mods work exactly. So Viz, I think you had some questions about that you want to ask about how mods work. So yeah, I've I've been interested in mods for quite some time, but I've never had the, the actual time to to go into it. I've already uh, like watched, watched YouTube videos and talked to people and stuff, but the actual sauce, what makes it work, how how to mod a game, how to maybe even reverse engineer some stuff, and what needs to be done to mesh everything together and how you can actually mod the game or change the game or add stuff like mm-hmm. can you give us like a brief overview of how how it works in uh like in, in the detail what what exactly do you change like the actual code the, uh, the exe file or does it uh alter the ram or how does it work um, it kind of depends what area of modding that you're in, I guess, because, you know, there are certain mods that will change graphics or some for audio. There are mm-hmm. some that change the EXE and some for code. It, you know, it does vary a lot, but I don't know an awful lot about exactly how things work on the back end for, like, say, you know, Seventh Heaven, for example, the mod manager that you use to be able to play mods with uh, FF7. All right, that's also a thing. True, true. So I'm not entirely sure how that thing works, but the guy that creates the driver and allows all that stuff to work is a member of our team, and we're actually creating a new mod manager because the Seventh Heaven's a little out of date, and we think we can (laughs) we think we can do it better. (laughs) And in fact, we think we can create one program that can mod Final Fantasy VII, VIII, and IX. So that'll be quite nice. Oh, right. Uh, I've I've read about that. That you're also um, up for modding that too in the future. Yeah. Yeah, when we're done voice acting FF7, yeah. <laughs> I want to voice act FF9 next. Uh, oh god, I hope so. We're not entirely sure if it's possible yet. The same guy that's doing the driver for us is the guy that's trying to work out whether it's possible. Mm. But uh, FF8 is possible, and that will be mm-hmm. done. I just don't know whether it's going to come after FF9 or not, depending on FF9 can be done. <laughs> mm, I see, yeah. Okay. But um, the the stuff that I do know about how 7th Heaven works and how the modding works is that uh, 7th Heaven is able to read all of the files inside the game. And it's it's got some sort of code in it that says, you know that folder that you usually read files from? I don't want you to read from that folder anymore. I want you to read from this folder. And if you can't find files in that folder, then go back to your normal one. So say, for example, if I replaced a 3D model of Cloud and only Cloud, Mm-hmm. I could put it in that folder and the game would say, oh, there's a cloud model. So I'm going to load that. And then it'll look for Barrett's model and say, okay, there isn't one in that folder. So I'm going to go back to what I'm used to. And that's basically it. Right. And that actually allows us to hot swap things too. So as I said in the uh, original Echo S demo, you could replace Cloud's outfit with the Advent Children one, which was based on a variable mm-hmm. that I could change in the code. Say if you completed quest, turn outfit variable one on, and 7th Heaven would say, oh, okay, so that variable now equals 1. I'm going to put this in that folder that the game tries to to look into. Oh, and I then see. it was able yeah. to swap, which was really cool. That sounds pretty cool, yeah. Also pretty easy to use, so to speak, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, creating mods is a lot easier than, like, the guys at the back, the ones that create the programs, I, I don't know what they do, they're, <laughs> That's magic, they are yeah. geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so did you have to go in and kind of create this character model then, with the um, Advent Children outfit, or was that, like, did it already exist inside of the game files, or how, like, what did you do to get that to... Um, to kind of work, I guess. Most of the time, I will just find my models online, whether they be from other games or if somebody has done a custom model. Um, oh, I see. I've bought models before to be able to do it. Um, oh, cool. But yeah, I think somebody named Keela made this Advent Children mod, and I found the uh, the model online and imported it myself. It was interesting that I found it in a weird way, because obviously taking models from other games it would be considered copyright uh mm-hmm. square enix don't mind it i've conf- i've confirmed <laughs> it pretty well i haven't I, I haven't got a direct message from them saying yeah what you're doing is yes. fine but yeah if you go into steam and go into the steam workshop for mods they are hosting mods with final fantasy 7 remake models in it for final fantasy 15 so i've right. seen that yeah true yeah yeah same. so if they had a problem with it you know they'd <laughs> or do you find Tekken? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that was super uh, cool. But years back, like when I did the uh, the Advent Children model, I found it because Quim is very against any copyrighted material, and this particular person got banned from Quim because he posted his Advent Children model. <laughs> oh boy! And I was like, you know what? I'm a nab that. <laughs> <laughs> that also kind of influenced me creating the Sunamods team too. Because I wanted, I always had this goal to replace every model in the game with more realistic ones, because we're upgrading everything else. Like, why have these really clean backgrounds and amazing music and play with Lego characters? It just didn't make sense to me. And I was was thinking, like, I can't do this on Quim. Like, who am I going to do it for? So just, Pseudomods, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like, the mods I know of, like, I know that there's the Rimako project, right? All the character models are in HD, I think, and they're um, like the backgrounds are upgraded and that sort of thing. And I think that, um, I, like, I haven't actually played this game yet f- with mods on PC because I've been kind of waiting. I I've been waiting for, I guess, like every everything to kind of be finished. Like, I want to just replay through the entire game from beginning to end, you know, with like Echo S and everything upgraded like i just kind of i've been sitting on waiting to play this game um yeah with like a bunch of different mods just so i have like the best experience you know what i mean so i haven't actually kind of dove into modding i did do a lot of research online just reading in forums and stuff about like how to download the mods and install them and that sort of stuff but yeah i've just been kind of patiently waiting just to kind of replay the game from the beginning to end with you know with voice acting and the hd textures and you know, the the upgraded character models and which is so amazing because you know the the OG, it's like timeless, you know what I mean? Like I loved remake for what it was and I could appreciate it. Um, you know, the changes they made and the up- updates to the to the story. They added a lot of side quests and stuff. And I, I love that. But just to go back and play the original, for me, it's kind of uh it hasn't kind of aged well. You know, like it has, but mm, some aspects not so much. So I've just been kind of waiting um, for everything to be finished before I kind of dive into it. But I'm super yeah. excited to actually download your mods and just kind of, 
get into it again so yeah it's it's nice that uh a lot of the mods that you can get like th- there's a lot of people that still haven't ever played ff7 like i've been scrolling through mm-hmm. twitch plenty of times in the ff7 category and there'll be people doing their blind runs like their first ever playthroughs and occasionally you'll find ones using mods because there, there's mm-hmm. a lot of people that be like you know this is my first time playing it i want to play it the way that it was created and then when i've enjoyed yes. the game i'll come back to it and modify it and mm-hmm. there's a lot of mods out there that you can use on your first playthrough and it doesn't really affect the game like you you brought up Remarco, right. for example which is the first ever ai enhanced background mod for ff7 yes um that got very famous very quickly whoever was on their campaigning team for marketing unbelievable job <laughs> <laughs> like for um, like we we have our own version which is due to release in like two days i think actually oh, nice and granted opinionated my own opinion i'm biased because it's from my own team but <laughs> it, it's it, it's at least three times better than remarker <laughs> nice but only because like the first person to ever do something of course is going to have copycats that learn how to do it and then learn how to yeah. do it better you know it's a process mm-hmm. of just evolution but exactly is it also ai upscaled or redone and re or touched up manually at some points it is um it was all ai upscaled and then every field was touched up manually because ai is amazing but it's not a human you know it yes it it doesn't tell if it if it meshed a ground to a wall you know we went through all i think there's five and a half thousand layers in ff7 yeah there's a lot which is incredible but what's What's groundbreaking about this in particular is it's the first ever mod to contain animated textures. Oh. Oh. Because I don't think anybody ever noticed before neat. any any field background mod that you've ever used, you just you, you didn't notice that the animations all disappeared. Like say for example, when you're in the ghost hotel. The ghosts that are sat on the chairs are an animated texture. Mm-hmm. And any pack except ours. The ghosts just pop in out of existence, just in a single frame, and then disappear oh. again. They don't fade in and fade out. But that's we've managed to do that. And say the waterfall behind Aerith's house, that's an animated texture. It moves mm-hmm. again now. And there's like ambient fog in certain places. And like god mm-hmm. rays, like from the sun. You know, mm-hmm. like all these things are animated again. And it's just, it's incredible. I can't wait to see that. Yeah, I'm super excited now. That's awesome. I'm going to download it. Two days. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, nice. Like that, yeah. <laughs> it's been, it's, it's, it's funny how this has come about, you know, because like for the last two weeks, he's messaged me pretty consistently every two days. Okay, I'm ready for release. And then half an hour later, wait, I found something else that I can do that's better. <laughs> and then another day goes oh by, I'm ready for release. Like it was yesterday, literally yesterday, he messaged me and says, okay, so we just found out that we can increase the frame rate of the movies up to 30 FPS. So I'm going to redo all the movies quickly. And I'm just like, you're insane. <laughs> oh man, perfectionism <laughs> at its best. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I love it. It is smooth. <laughs> We've nearly got the entire game running at true 60 frames per second oh, right now. Nice. Wow. It's, it's incredible. crazy. It, it's, it's ridiculously smooth. It's weird because you play any other game, like any other game that's been released in the last 10 years, you know, they are 60 FPS. You look at them and you don't see anything special. It's just normal. But for some reason, when mm-hmm. you play FF7 in 60 FPS, you're like, oh my god, there's so many frames. 
Yeah, because you're used <laughs> to those 15 frames in in battles. Yeah, it's it's yeah. so weird. We got to get it up to like, I don't know, like 300. <laughs> <laughs> it would be nice. I just bought a razor blade, so I have like a 300 hertz screen. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> so we got to get it up. Let's go. No, I'm joking. Um, but that's that's super awesome. I I'm super excited to uh, to dive into that uh, mod because I like I said I've been waiting for kind of the graphical update and um just you know like like your echo s project as well so i'm super excited that it's coming out soon so i'll definitely check that out mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh so we are just going to kind of um dive into i guess your history with final fantasy in general all right crane so why don't you give us a little brief history about your experience with final fantasy as a series like final fantasy in general yeah like your first experience with final fantasy Oh, jeez. Wait. Um, <laughs> Super Famicom, probably. Uh, I played the... I've played um, the first the first game, which I... Mm-hmm. You know, I, it wasn't even called Final Fantasy. What's it called? What was it called? I, it was called something else. I swear it was called something else. Um, anyways. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, I did play the first Final Fantasy game. Uh, and, um, it was funny too, because I was real at the time I was really addicted to, um, cause it's super family comp. So I was really addicted mm-hmm. to like Legend of Zelda, all of that stuff. And, and Final Fantasy was like, an like, what was it? Like a, like a good alternative to it. Or like, I mm-hmm. guess I can say it's like a better alternative to it since they had levels and all of that. And the story was a little bit more gripping. Um, but then after that, I, I had sort of a like a Final Fantasy silence. Like I didn't play any of it until six and I didn't even finish mm. that. And then I played seven. Um, <laughs> yeah. And when I played seven, so when seven came out, like I was living in the Philippines. Um, I had a, I had a PlayStation, but then um, because of uh, uh, it's, uh, it's a long story, but basically mm-hmm. the way that it works with the Playstations in the Philippines is that when you, uh, because they're, what's the term? Uh, hacked or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, you have to have a certain kind of PlayStation uh, to buy, like, fake, not fake games, but, like, pirated games. And the thing is, I didn't have that. So I actually had one that was straight from the States. I, I had one straight from here because my mom brought it over. And when she brought it over, um, I couldn't buy any of the games in the Philippines, like, any of them. Like, the, the PlayStation would not accept it. So I was like, oh, damn, I, I could only play one thing. Right. And the only thing I could play was the um, was uh, uh, the demo for Final Fantasy VII. Oh. <laughs> so I so I just I, I just kept beating like Guard Scorpion nice. over and over and over again, <laughs> and I was so addicted to the game. And when the game finally came out, like I played that, like God, I don't know how many hours I spent on that. Out my of... my grades dropped some all that stuff too. <laughs> Out of interest, did that demo have Aerith in the the first reactor? No, uh, no, it, it only wasn't had, that special. One had... then. <laughs> no, it was only what there was a special one. Yeah, yeah the Japanese yeah. one I think was with uh, was it with Aerith? No, it had Aerith in the first oh, reactor. Yeah, yeah, you could summon yeah, Leviathan. Yeah, I think so. Aerith, true, true. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. you could summon Leviathan oh, okay. in there okay, too. Okay, well, oh, yeah, weird. that's right. Okay, well, uh, don't say anymore because you're hurting my feelings. <laughs> Um, but <laughs> no, but um, yeah. So that was sort of it, and then from there it was uh, it was sort of um, 
uphill or downhill, depending on which side you're on. If you're my friends, then it's uphill. If, it's your, if you're my parents, you're da- it's downhill. Um, but, but yeah, so from there, I became like a very, very big fan of Final Fantasy. And when I mean big fan, I mean like a humongous fan. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was I remember when I was uh, getting my degree for psychology like <laughs> I would use the Final Fantasy characters as like case studies and stuff. Um so yeah, like it was yeah, th- that that's that's what it was. That's mm-hmm. all everything. And then from that point onwards I went backwards and forwards and I played literally every Final Fantasy there is, including the mobile games. Oh nice. boy. <laughs> I did not finish all of them, okay? So just you know, and I and I didn't complete all of them. So if you're telling me, did you complete everything in Final Fantasy 13? I'm like, no. Um, yeah, all the bravest. So, no. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm not. I'm not that. I'm not that kind of Final Fantasy. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. I'm kind of the same. Um, like I, I've played some of the mobile games, but I haven't played them all. Um, I've played all of the mainline series. I I was I grew up with like. Um, Nintendo consoles so my parents were kind of they knew that like Nintendo games were child appropriate so I never had a PlayStation growing up I only had Nintendo consoles and I know that there are Final Fantasy on the Nintendo consoles but I was way too busy playing um platformers mm-hmm. you know so I didn't even understand like what an RPG or JRPG was or an RPG like I had no idea um until I visited my friend and they had a PlayStation and they were telling me about this console that played movies like in the middle of a game, but uh, obviously it was, it was cutscenes. but there was no word for what that was. Like we never knew that, Oh, that's called a cutscene until like years later. Um, so mm-hmm. I was like, what do you mean it plays movies like in the middle of a game? Because like the Mario games and the other platformers for Nintendo, like never really did that. So I was really confused. And then they showed me and what they showed me, it was final fantasy seven. Um, and I didn't like, I knew it was final fantasy seven at the time, but then, I played it, um, but I never owned a PlayStation, so I never actually ended up finishing finishing the game um, until later. And I kind of forgot that that's what game it was that I was actually playing like at the time. But I, I went back to it eventually, and I just fell in love with it like all over again. And um, I didn't play the first Final Fantasy until years, like years later. Um, but I've, like I said, I've played all the mainline series and. But seven is my most favorite of out of all of them. So then, obviously, when they announced that the remake was going to be coming out, I lost my mind. And then I was like, it was like my most anticipated game since any any game, pretty much, um, like ever. Um, and then I decided, yeah, I just I want to make a podcast about the OG and the remake, and I guess the rest is history. But um, but yeah, so that's a little bit of brief history, I guess, with my experience with Final Fantasy and Final Fantasy VII. Um, so, Suna, did you want to share your experience with Final Fantasy? Yeah, absolutely. So, I've personally never played anything below Final Fantasy VII. Um, Final Fantasy VII <gasps> was... <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm an imposter. <laughs> yeah. uh, FF7 was actually the first game I ever played in general. Um, Oh, I was, I think I was like six, six or seven years old or something. Uh, I didn't really have any consoles. I was, I was a very outdoor kid and Mm -hmm. me living in Ireland, my granddad was working in America at the time and, you know, playstations were starting to get quite big there. Whereas Mm -hmm. I'd never heard of one of these things (laughs) at that age. 
And uh, he sent me one over for, for Christmas, and it came with FF7. So that was the first my, my first experience ever with a game console, and FF7 in general. And at that age, I hadn't quite grasped reading yet. So it was a very difficult game for me to play as a kid on my own. And mm-hmm. I have very fond memories of sat playing it with my dad, where I would play the game and he would read all the story to me. And then, like, my dad's work hours, like, they all changed and he couldn't really do it anymore because I think he was, he was working night shifts, so he had to sleep all day. So we couldn't play, the, we couldn't play this game anymore, and it was my, my favorite thing to do during the day. So my addiction to this game actually forced me to try harder to learn how to read in my spare time so I could go back and play it without him. Mm-hmm. Which was pretty incredible. I like to think that th- this game practically taught me how to read. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> people tell all the other really people cool. that gaming does make you dumb or something. Yeah, it's quite the opposite, actually. <laughs> yeah, like especially with strategy games. Like You yeah. do learn... Mm-hmm. What I would like to think is, like, good knowledge, you know, like, strategies and... Mm-hmm. I don't know, just... I, I do think they're good for you. But then, um... I, I continued my story on with the, the Final Fantasy franchise, where, uh... We went on holiday, and... We went and visited one of my cousins. And he had Final Fantasy VIII. And mm. I didn't know there was another Final Fantasy. I thought this game was just named Final Fantasy VII. I didn't know it was the seventh one in a oh. series. And right. my cousin had eight. And I was like, what? There's another one? Like, does it continue from seven? <laughs> and he was like, there's a seven? <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. And, and then uh, you guys learn how to count? Oh, yeah, yeah. It taught us how to count. <laughs> in Roman numerals. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So I, I learned there was an eight, and I kept bugging my dad then. I was like, you've got to get me this other game. And, you know, we, we couldn't really get video games here in Ireland because they're, they're just, they weren't that big. So mm. my dad actually stole it from my cousin. <laughs> but he only stole <laughs> <Wow>. this one. <laughs> oh. oh, God. <laughs> Which I, I didn't learn for, like, years after, and then I felt bad about. But, you know, I, I didn't do it, so whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, funnily enough, Final Fantasy IX is actually my favorite Final Fantasy, despite everything that I do for Seven. Mm-hmm. I have undying love for FF9. <laughs> nice. It's a really good choice, definitely. Mm. Yeah, I like the uh, the aesthetics of it, the time period, and the fact that not just mm-hmm. everybody is human, and you know, just. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can I add something, Suna? Mm-hmm. It's it's weird how much you like Nine when you haven't played anything below seven because i feel like ff9 is sort of like a it's like a love letter yeah to me to like to to all the older final mm-hmm. fantasies that's yeah. how it felt like because yeah. during the because you know like so the time that you entered final fantasy was sort of like the nomura era right like that's the era of nomura yes yeah and um and ff9 was supposed to be like a yeah uh, it's supposed to be like a like a love letter to like sakaguchi or something so, like, that's, I, I think, <laughs> it's so ironic. So maybe, maybe you should pick up some of those, those old ones. Yeah, that and, would be awesome. Uh, I really see should. What's up, you know? uh, I've been, yes, I've, I've yes. been saying it for years. <laughs> Just never get around to doing it. 
a lot of FF9 music, a lot of it, um, especially like even the battle song, like the way it starts, it's um, it's inspired off of uh, four. Like they mm-hmm. they do a lot of these things where they where they really like give so many allusions to everything below seven. So yeah, I've I've been through well, actually read, everything like, a huge below six. List of all the references mm-hmm. from prior games. It's 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 crazy how many there are. Mm-hmm. It's it's really cool. There's even a Buster Sword. <laughs> Oh yeah, there is. Oh, and you know it's not na- it's not a Nomura thing because the main character's name is Zidane. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's not a weather thing. Whoa, you know. So yeah. So yeah, then I guess I'll um, talk about about my experience to top it off. Uh, listeners of this podcast probably already know my story, so I'll keep it. Try to keep it short. My my first Final Fantasy was also number seven. Like most for most people in Europe, because we never had any of the prior games in Europe before seven, so this was kind of a yeah, I had no other choice, so to speak. But like like Kai, I was also very much into platformers mostly, and then I I got PlayStation and played some other stuff, and then I was uh, I went to to a store once with a friend to buy games and then I found Tomb Raider 2 and Final Fantasy 7 those two <laughs> were the, the best ones I could find those who appealed which appealed the most to me and then I sat there for like 40 minutes which one should I get <laughs> I read read the back of, of them many times looked at the pictures and uh, should I ask my friend she said come on I'm decide already <laughs> and then, I don't know I don't know but in, in the end I uh I went for Final Fantasy VII and never regretted it. I loved it from this time on, and then this was my transition from platforms into RPGs. It was pretty, pretty nice. And then I went. I waited for eight, consumed any news I could get, and bought every magazine which had screenshots and stuff from eight in it. Then came nine. I, uh, I, I think it was the f- the last one I bought. Before I downloaded the music, so I had uh, I I could um, experience the music for the first time in game, and after that I was just too eager to download the music before the game even came out. <laughs> like it was, I, I think it was the the WinMX uh, era that time, mm-hmm. and yeah, went from there. Then ten, eleven, or if it, not eleven. I I'm not the online guy, so I skipped eleven, right. twelve, and stuff, and. In the meantime, so, uh, I don't remember when exactly, but I think the anthology came out and the origins uh, collections for one and two. Anthology was, I think, uh, four and five, and six was separate, separate and had a demo of something else. I think ten, if I remember correctly, something like that. And that's when I came in touch with the earlier ones, but I never finished any of those. For some yeah. reason, <laughs> I only finished one, uh, the PSP version, I think around two years ago or something. And started two then, but it's, it's, it's not really my thing. The leveling system is feels kind of mm-hmm. odd. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really need to, to go back to four, five, and six at some point to finish those or start again, I don't know. But yeah, that's about it. I don't think I could say anymore it's also my favorite franchise 
uh, besides Breath of Fire. And uh, oh. yeah, it's yeah, Bre- <laughs> Final Fantasy VII and then Breath of Fire Three were my favorites back then. Oh yeah, Breath of Fire Three is like the is like the Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Fire. definitely. No, I loved it <laughs> yeah. so much. I really loved it. Yeah, that's about it. All right, guys. So we've talked a lot about our history about Final Fantasy and our experience with the franchise. Um, now, I just want to kind of move on to Final Fantasy VII Remake and just kind of get your thoughts about about the remake and, I guess, any ideas for mods for um, the remake, like anything that you have planned potentially in the future. So um, let's go to Suna. So what are your thoughts about Final Fantasy VII Remake? So I really enjoyed the remake. Um, I wasn't, I know there's, there's a couple of different types of people when it came to how they viewed the remake. Um, I remember like initially the, like with me starting modding the original, it sort of kind of ish stemmed from the remake being announced because I was very concerned Mm -hmm. about it when it was first announced being like, you know, are they going to ruin this remake? I didn't have that much faith in it. So I was like, you know what, I'll I'll make the remake, and then they can just do whatever they want. <laughs> Fair enough. But um, <laughs> but I did really enjoy the remake because I went into it knowing that I could make the original what I perceived to be better, at least. And right. for me, I didn't mind if they changed the story. I didn't mind what they did to the game as long as it felt sort of like home. You know, it felt like the same mm-hmm. game. And at the same time, I kind of wanted them to change it because. The the particular line that I tell everybody is that when the remake came out, I got to play Final Fantasy VII for the first time, a second time. And that's something that will never, ever happen again with, like, any other aspect right. of my life. You know, I can't... I can't ever put on socks for the first time again. You know, it's <laughs> it, the, yeah. that logic just doesn't apply to literally anything else. This is it's quite special when I think about it that way. Like being able to play that game for the first time again, mm-hmm. it's it's incredible. I really enjoyed it. I thought the battle system was really good. The storytelling was really good. I have a hundred different theories on what's going on. <laughs> it's oh, I could talk for hours about those. <laughs> yeah. Then you'll be looking forward to my current uh, analysis and process about Cloud and Sephiroth. There's so much in there. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> also, the the Aerith analysis, which is already out, might also interest you. Especially the last part. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to look that up and see what you've come up with. Because th- yeah. there's, there's one or two YouTubers that I follow that do theory videos every now and mm-hmm. then. And I don't know if I'm just the sort of person that hears something and I'll be like, oh, that has to be right. It's on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know. They're just so solid theories with very good backed up Mm -hmm. evidence. And I'm like, oh, these sound incredible. I want them to be that way. Kind of hope that Square also watches their videos and be Mm -hmm. like, you know what? Right. That's a good idea. We're going to steal that. (laughs) (laughs) They do that, by the way. This I'd happened to me do. with Final Fantasy XV and uh, Final Fantasy Peasant. He had so many cool ideas before release. Uh, That's the one. That's the yes. guy I watch. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but I refrained from watching the, uh, the latest two or three because I didn't want to taint uh, my own analysis. So I'll, I'll hold mm-hmm. off on those until I put mine right. in. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I think, like, he has like seven different and well like uh theories going on and i don't think all seven of them can be true at the same time because they sort of contradict a little bit 
but like all yeah. of them. <laughs> you don't know so Nomura, bro. You don't know Nomura. <laughs> all yeah. theories can be true at the same time. I guess it's multiverse, so. multiple timelines. Anyone can be true anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but um, as you were saying, that Crane, like that is something that they do, and like uh, keeping an eye on the community and maybe taking ideas yeah. here and there, and maybe not like story wise using it for new games and whatnot, but. I have seen it happen a little bit because another person that's in our Tsunamods community, his name is McKindus. He's an FF8 modder. He's like the me of FF8, basically. And one of his mods is in the FF8 remaster. They, they, huh. they took his mod and put it in the oh. remaster. They didn't credit him or ask or anything like that. Of course but it's not. There. Why would they? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's cool. Yeah. Oh. Well, there is one instance where they took not really fan input, but fan reaction or fan um, sentiment into a future title, Kingdom Hearts 3. Like this one line of, uh, from Axel, when he said uh, something along those lines, I can't die, people love me too much, or something like that, because he is such a beloved character. They directly mm. referenced oh, yeah, yeah. To the, his popularity in, in the community. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. I think as well with, with the remake, I'm not sure if influence would be the right word, but something happened with, uh, do you know, with Maximilian, dude? Yes. Oh, I'm pretty sure right. he, he, he said or did something and the remake took a little bit of inspiration or influence from it. Oh. I don't remember which detail it was exactly, but I remember him talking about it, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure which was it, I don't know. What a cool position to be in. That yeah, be, definitely, cool. definitely. And also the the tale of his where they told him that how how they um like regained motivation in uh with his videos, yeah, his oh, reaction yes. video of the of the real trailer. It's, it was yeah. so nice. That's yeah. incredible. It is. I think he was he was one of like basically nobody outside of the team making the game that got mm -hmm. to play like the entirety of chapter one, two, and three. I think it was. Like, everybody went I to that. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, it was at E3, I think it was. Like, everybody went to E3 and played the so. demo, and then they took him in another room and was like, here, yeah. here's a special demo just for you. Yeah, just <laughs> for, for a certain, uh, I think, journalists, some, some higher-ups, so to speak, yeah, some higher journalists. I think so. But he kind of squiggled his way into theirs. He got someone to get him in there. I, he told the tale, but I don't remember the specifics. It was pretty cool. Like, how... Like, the audacity you, ha you, to ha you have to have. <laughs> but hey, it worked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it helps when you have, like, 12,000 people watching you stream every single night. That's true, that's right. true. And, and the creator's watching your uh, reaction over and over again to motivate themselves, so it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good advertising for them, yes, too. Yes, for sure. For sure. Oh, I think, I'm not sure if it was exactly that, but I remember him talking about telling them uh, after the demo to please fix um, like the colors or uh, the, the um, something about the colors and, and, and uh, the contrast because it was turned up to, to 11 or something on the TVs there was just not good anymore the light, lighting effects weren't uh, didn't really it, it, they popped too much or something like that right. maybe it was uh, I don't think it was that but it's Probably something they took to heart and maybe fixed for the next uh, convention mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It does provide uh, valuable feedback for sure. Oh, absolutely. 
Well, well, you know, it sort of follows like a like a pyramid model, right? So I think the way that they kind of view it, even for like podcasters like you guys and everything, is that they know that you have a big influence on the people who are who are playing, mm-hmm. right? And um, and a lot of the times, people they base their their game decisions. So okay, so remember how Viz, you were mm-hmm. talking earlier about like, oh, you know, I asked, I had to ask my friends, I had to read the back cover. All of those things are sort of like. Um, factors that that um, that persuade you or dissuade you from getting a certain right, game right, over yeah. over another, right? Where to put your money? And what it used to be before was, you know, they had to go with things like you know physical copies, all of those things, right? But that sort of reached like its limit, and you know, it it doesn't it doesn't affect the games all that much. It doesn't affect like sort of player influence, right? But what does affect player influence nowadays are people like let's say the Maximilian dudes and all of that, because they're the ones who are are the people who are persuading other people to buy the games right mm-hmm. even even post hoc right like so some people um they even though the release is already over like people will watch one of his videos and go oh you know what maybe i should pick up that game that's like two years old mm-hmm. for sure you know yeah. so that's so i think i think it's um i think it's a combination of things like i the, think so they too. they want um first of all they, I'm pretty sure that the production team thinks that if they can make Maximilian dude happy, <laughs> that they can make a lot of people happy. And at the same time, I genuinely believe that they want to make Maximilian dude happy. Like, <laughs> so I think there's something yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just free marketing on their on on their end for that. Yeah, they impress mm. this one dude who has a massive following, and you've impressed <laughs> a couple of a couple of thousand people. You know, it's just yeah, it's easy then. It's like proxy marketing through him because he also does marketing with his enthusiasm and selling the game to others, so to speak. Just because exactly. because he likes it, he uh, has a way with people how to per- persuade them and telling them what he thinks, what what he likes, doesn't like. Yeah, it's powerful. oh, and his and he has a he has a market he has a market outside. I think one of the reasons why they went up to him and they didn't go up to somebody like I don't know um name name some other person who's like into final fantasy right Night Sky Prince, for um, i think <laughs> oh that's that's a good example but like one i think one good reason if i was on square's side is i'm looking at this and the thing is maximilian dude has um has uh has sort of like a venn diagram of uh sort of the viewers that that do watch him majority of his majority of his of his viewers are people who play things like fighting games and other types of games like that mm-hmm. so it would like getting him because it's like if you get if you get like um what is it uh uh, uh peasants mm-hmm. uh viewers those people are practically going to buy the game even if they hated it true true you know um but then if you get but if you but if maximilian dude can like wants to buy the game wants to play the game and most of his games are most of the things he talks about are are all fighting games true. then you know then you're you're pulling people from another market to buy your product so i i think yeah yeah, so it's it's. I think it's a smart move on their part. Yeah, I never so. thought of it that way, pulling in a brand new audience instead of just reinvesting mm-hmm. in a guaranteed one. It's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like preaching to a choir. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I think they they did manage to do that in uh, the way they created the battle system because the battle system does have a little bit of a fighting uh, fighting style in there. Not not with combos and stuff, but it's action. You can play it as an action game with the shortcuts, and you have to be quick and uh, quick on your feet. 
And I think this also appeals to people who usually don't play role-playing games, but also like action, like fighting games and stuff. Like, there is some overlap there, I think. Mm-hmm. I think they're. I think what they're trying to do now is they're they're moving further and further away from that. I think it's also because of the platform. I think um, the medium is going more and more cinematic, and the more cinematic you go, it's you know, um, there's there's this concept in um, film called beats, right? Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. the beats of the film. It's like how how fast the montage is going. It's it's this is especially for music videos, right? It it gives the the audience like a sense of excitement, right? Now, if you if the battle system is the same way it was like in the original Final Fantasy VII, then all of a sudden you will find people sort of losing those beats, yep. right? And all of a mm-hmm. sudden, all of a sudden, it they're you know it's gonna it's gonna slow down their experience. And I think that Final Fantasy VII, one of the biggest uh, with the remake especially, I think one of the things that they were trying to fix with that is that they were trying to have like an uptime on those beats, right? They they wanted people to like if the fights were exciting, they really wanted it to sort of feel exciting and i think that final fantasy in general is trying their best to go that direction and i think mm-hmm. they're putting all of their strategy role-playing slower games into mobile that's yeah. that seems mm-hmm. to be the the direction they're going so yeah. looks that way definitely yeah for me i i loved the remake um just going back a little bit to what Suna had said in the beginning about like when um it's like the first time you're ever going to play this game again. You know what I mean? Like to experience Final Fantasy VII. And I totally agree with that sentiment as well because I I felt the exact same way when I when I got the game and I put it in, you know, the PS4 and it it booted up and I heard the the intro music and then just experiencing the intro scene again and then just going through that whole thing was super emotional for me and it really connected with me. And I think they did a great job of giving us, you know, the nostalgia beats of the original and kind of getting us to kind of buy in, but then also providing us with uh, a new experience so that it wasn't the exact same. And some people didn't want that. Some people wanted a one-to-one remake of the original. Uh, We've talked about this a lot, Viz, on the podcast. (laughs) Um, And we, like, for me, I was open to receiving it for what it was. I knew that it wasn't going to be exactly a one-to-one remake because they came out, they told us that, right? And, um... I was totally fine with that. I, I, I loved it for what it was because I was open to receiving it for, for what it was. Like I wasn't spending my entire time playing this game longing for just an HD upgrade of the original because if like I knew there were mods out there. So if I wanted to experience that, I would, you know, go to Sunomods and download your mods <laughs> and experience the game um again the og with with your mods because that's what i wanted so yeah, exactly but that's not what this is right and but but any excuse to go back to this world and live again in this environment with these incredible characters and this story was to me it was like the biggest selling point because i like seven is my favorite out of all of them i love the characters I love the story. The characters are flawed. They all come from varied backgrounds, right? Like, and there's something there for everybody. And I just absolutely loved playing this game. And I'm excited to see where they go with the future installments. Obviously, we don't exactly know what is going to happen in the future. And I think at the end, you know, spoilers, I guess I'm not really going to go into spoilers, but um, just they kind of left it open, right? So we don't exactly know where they're going to take it. We don't know what's going to happen. And I like that about about this game. And then I 
kind of stopped and went online and looked like I researched to find out like, okay, so what is the meaning of the ending? Like, what are people saying about it? What are other people thinking about it? And then obviously, like you had said, you mentioned Max Dude. So I watched the Easy Allies. It's like a four hour long video with Max (laughs) Dude and Easy Allies. And they were theorizing about a lot of, you know, what, where the story could go, what's happening at the ending. And it just kind of blew my mind. And then I felt like I was a kid again because like, obviously there was no internet. I mean, it was like the dawn of the internet, right? Like in the 90s and everything when I was younger. Um, But these conversations were had in, you know, in my living room with my friend because we would play the game together and then discuss it together. So that element's kind of gone. So where am I going to go? I'm going to go to the internet. I'm going to research to find what people are saying and all learn about all these theories. And, and, um, and yeah, I just, and that's what I love. Um, I felt like it wasn't for everybody and that's totally fine. But like Crane had said, something interesting was you said that they were hoping to attract, I think a new audience Right. And I think I think so, too. And they tried to update it to cater to not only just people who are used to the series and people who grew up with the games, um, people who haven't ever played a Final Fantasy before. Like, how do they get those like new customers, right? Like new players. And I think they did a great job of doing that by, you know, with the upgraded visuals and kind of like you said, adding the beats to the battles. Right. You can tell when the beats are added, especially closer to the end with the. Uh, a lot of the boss battles as well, you can tell, right? There's different beats that they're putting mm-hmm. in there. And I remember that Nomura had said, actually, that he wasn't ready to make the remake unless it could be made with, like, Advent Children uh, graphics. I mm-hmm. think that... Do you remember him saying that? I think that he said that. And um, you can tell that, in, especially, like, in those battles, because it's very stylized, you know, battling. And we do have, like, the... the um, uh, what is it called again, Viz? The, um, I forget. Anyway, it's not like the original battle system. It's like the um, time, whatever they are, ATB. when you have to like press active time battle. <laughs> no, when you have, no, when you have to press the the button that comes up oh, on the, the screen. Oh, um, the tactical mode. Oh, that's. I I don't know, something. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah. Anyway, I thought they did a great job. I love this game. I thought that it was a it was a good balance. Um, and I love the the new improved battle system of this game too. Um, obviously. Like the original battle system of the original game is is really good. It's really good. But they took that and they up they updated it, right? They made it into something that um I think was more accessible and also satisfied a lot of different um play styles. So you could play it like be more active or a little bit more passive and decide like what you want to do with your items or your spells as opposed to, you know, playing it kind of like hack and slash. Which it isn't, by the way. Like, people, you, you can't play this game, like, hack and slash. You'll just die. It's too hard. You can't do it. You just can't, mm-hmm. you just can't do it. Like, you actually do have to buy in and learn the system and use the magic and, like, use the different abilities. And, um, but yeah, I'm excited to see where they're going to take this in the uh, future installments. So, I think they did a good job as well. Like, it's one thing, like, bringing in an entirely new audience, but, I think another mm-hmm. battle they had was that there's all of us in our age group that started <laughs> with the originals and worked our way up, and I'd say quite a lot of our category has distanced from the games based on how they've evolved with the battle system and stuff. Like, there's a lot of people mm-hmm. that would have loved 7 and then hated 15. They're like, no, this isn't ATB. Like, let's, 
I don't, I don't like mm-hmm. this. I don't like change. And, you know, I'd say that's an entirely different battle they would have had, bridging the gap between yeah. their newer Final Fantasy customers that are younger than we are and played, like, 13 and above as their first ever game, and then us mm-hmm. that played 7 and have just become boomers and don't like the new stuff. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Put it <Yeah>. back! <laughs> yeah, but people, but people say that, though. It's, it's funny, because, like, um, I totally understand what what that what they're what they're getting at and i know normally when people in podcasts say i know i totally get what those other people are saying they, they you know it's usually just they just don't agree but then i really do understand what their what their concern is but at the same time like these people who are saying um or those of you who are listening right who are who are saying <laughs> things like who are saying things like um oh i wanted it to to be like the original game like you it's easy to say that when you don't have it but the moment you get it then all of a sudden everything's wrong, you know? Yeah. The moment you get like a one for one, then everything's wrong because because <laughs> you can never get a real you can never get a real one for one. I think I think one of my concerns about the remake. So first of all, I had concerns about the voice acting. One of the mm-hmm. things that I hated the most was like uh I think I told Suna this, but when they when the game actually came out, I was like, "Oh, I don't know if I told Suna this actually." So Suna, you might hear this for the first time. <laughs> but I was just like, "Oh, damn it, like Oh, they they released it before we did. Um, before we <laughs> before we did Echo West, and and one reason for that, one reason that that was like such a big concern to me was like, well, people are going to hear these new voices, mm-hmm. and how that's voiced, and then everyone's going to expect that from us now, you know, and that's difficult, right? Um, and when we first took on the project, it's like, it's you can't the audience. They don't know better. So, for example, for the most part, and I'm not. This is not me denigrating audiences, but right or anything like that. But it's. But this is also the. This is also sort of the name of the game, right? You're when you when you get the game, right? Um, everyone feels like an expert on it because you're playing, right? But when you're yeah. producing it, like it's really really difficult, right? You you have and there's so many different uh, factors that are pulling at you, and I'm pretty sure like when they have their little board meetings, even before making the <laughs> games, or when they're deciding on which kind of fighting style to go for or battle system, like all of it is crazy, especially with a game like Final Fantasy VII, right? Like especially mm-hmm. with that, right? Like um, no, Nomura has been struggling with this actually. So Square Enix, the not the I think it was business business division one, which is I think Nomura's department, mm-hmm. they've been struggling with making new games, right? Because because all they can do is sort of leech off of old ones, and I don't mean this mm-hmm. disrespectfully, right? Because they've seen it's so hard when things work to create yeah. something new, but when things work tremendously, it's it's much harder to create something new. It's because people right? like because familiarity, you, mm-hmm. and and not just that. There's something about that that works. But the thing is, you because you know when you're creating something new, you're just shooting at the dark, right? Like you don't even trying to look back and and realize what was working, like what actually did work. They get that people get that wrong all the time. Like I've I've worked a lot in Hollywood because I'm I'm a I'm a dance choreographer, and those people the the same people who make like these amazing movies when they make a new movie, they'll completely forsake all the good things they did because they can't identify yeah. it. It's it's actually difficult for fans when we're watching. It's actually easy, right? Because mm-hmm. all we do is all we know is that. But if you're producing, if you're on the producing side, all of a sudden you're blind, right? You don't know what works and you don't know what's mm-hmm. good. 
Like, you don't know. And then sometimes you're going to go with this idea that, oh, maybe this worked, but then actually it didn't, right? So Nomura has been having, like, a, a horrible, horrible time with it. So I'm kind of glad that they're doing the remake now. But one of the issues that I did have with the remake, though, is that it's, it's uh, and I think I can try my best to sort of represent maybe how everybody feels about this. I'm, I'm going to try to reconcile how everybody feels. Um, the way that I, f the, the, okay, the way that I feel everybody's looking at this is that they're being pulled on many different sides. It's like, did they do good with the nostalgia? Yes. Did they do enough with the nostalgia? No. You know what I mean? Because it's not a one-for-one, one, right? The perfect nostalgia is literally the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, so they didn't do perfect on that, and some people wanted perfect on that. But at the same time, like, was the game good enough for Final Fantasy fans? It's like, yes. Did it bring all the Final Fantasy fans back? No. Why? Because there's some aspects of it that don't feel like very Final Fantasy, right? Which, again, this is, this is all artistic sort of stuff. Now, I think one of the biggest problems is that when all is said and done, this is, I think, how a lot of people feel. I don't know how you guys feel, but, um, but a lot of people felt like in the end of it, people who are sort of weary about all the nostalgia stuff, they sort of look at it and go, okay, but, but is it good by itself, right? And Final Fantasy was always, I think that was one of the things that was great about Final Fantasy is that every Final Fantasy was sort of, in the end of it, was always on its own, right? So when you first played 8, you were like comparing it to 7. But then after a while, you're just like, you remember eight as eight, if that makes sense. It does, right. yeah. Uh, I don't, yeah, right. And then, and then all of a sudden, your judgment starts, your criteria starts becoming about, oh well, how was eight, you know, according to eight, and then you think, oh well, blah, right. So, um, and I feel like Final Fantasy VII remake is sort of the same thing. People are, and in many cases, it's worse because it's not a eight, it's not a eight go like before seven preceding seven right it's a it's a seven preceding seven so when they look at uh, at any time if i'm not making sense just stop me okay um <laughs> i tend to ramble when it comes to anything final fantasy you pick the wrong person or yeah or the right person i don't know um Depends. but um but yeah so the the problem i think that people are like i think i'm having too with the remake is that we've had enough time and i know this is so stupid because it hasn't even been a year but now people a lot of people are thinking or the way I feel, sorry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk for myself right now, is that was it good on its own, right? And there are some story elements that just don't feel good on its own. You know, it, it yeah, so that, that's, that's pretty much how I, how I felt about it. Like, because I'm trying not to spoil. <laughs> but, well, yeah, you, you can. We spoiled yeah. the crap out of the whole game and the original in earlier episodes, so if anyone doesn't want to be spoiled, well... Skip ahead or Go something. Buy the game. <laughs> Go buy the game, play it, and then continue listening. Yeah, it's almost been a year since it's been out. Like, what are you guys doing? Come on, now you I can know. spoil it. Okay, so right? now I can spoil. Okay. Um. All right. So, for example, um, for for people who played Final Fantasy, so if, again, with people who are sort of sticking to the nostalgia, right? A lot of them were like, "Why is Sephiroth shown so early?" Yeah. It's like, well, was one of the main contentions. Um, in, yeah. Well, it's a main contention for somebody who's played the game. Yeah. True. Right. But but for somebody who's not, see, that's difficult because the thing is, like, one thing that, um, I know this is, sounds like a jump, but, you know, one thing that Frozen did really badly was that, you know, when it, came to their, when it came to their antagonist, they didn't really identify the antagonist, so we don't really, so when the antagonist shows up, like, or does his main, like, bad guy thing, mm -hmm. 
we don't care. You know, we're just like, oh, well, what? Like, who's this fool? Right? <laughs> and, um, and it's the same with Sephiroth, right? It's for Final Fantasy VII, the, the game, the, the OG game, you had the whole game to sort of figure him out. Yeah. And here they're trying to, again, it's with these, because they're taking on sort of a cinematic beat to it. So they're just like, well, we need, like, we need people to feel a certain way whenever they see Sephiroth. And it's like, well, we can't have that moment if we don't do these things first. So we need to show him first. We need to keep teasing him, right? So at the same time, a lot of people are like, oh, my God, it's fan service. It's, no, it's actually, it's actually film stuff, right? You can't, if you don't do these things and then he shows up in the end and you fight him, you don't feel anything later, right? He just feels like, it's like, um, yeah. you know that boss, the 100 gunner, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Mm-hmm. I think in this one, he's called the arsenal or something, yep. right? When you fight him, you don't feel a certain way, right? There's nothing you feel about it, like, because he just shows up and it's a boss and you fight him, right? No matter how cool he is and his music, like, literally slaps. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, right? You don't feel anything because you're not really supposed to. But then when you get somebody like Sephiroth, like, they want, they want this, this punch. They want this sort of gut punch with him, right? It's, 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 sort of, it's sort of like how it is. And now when you're doing Final Fantasy anything now or when you're doing any sort of game now, you have to play it like you're playing a movie. Like, you can't do it any other way. The, the, the medium is unforgiving in that sense. Like, you have to do it that way. It's kind of um, like with, like, the final boss in FF9. You didn't know it existed until it was in front of your face. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and then now you feel like, oh, well, who's the bad guy, you know? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you, can't, you can't feel it. Imagine, so imagine in Dissidia if they put that guy instead of Kuja. This is me. Do you know how robbed people would feel? People would be like, "Who's this guy?" Yeah. You know. <laughs> I find it very interesting to think that, like, obviously it's different for all four of us because we played the game and we went into the remake knowing FF Seven. Mm-hmm. But I, I sit and think, like, if somebody played that game, and there will be thousands of them, people that played FF Seven remake without knowing anything about the original FF Seven. And then they get to the credits, and, like, the movie plays, and Zack appears. And every one of us is like, oh my god, it's Zack. And all of them are sat there and just like, okay, and what? Like, I don't know who that is. I don't know why he's important. He's just an NPC to me. <laughs> However, it's still yep. better than the, uh, the Kate Sith or Ketchy uh, cameo appearance. This was just for for those yeah. who never played the original. Was just what is this cat doing here in this uh, emotional event? What what, what is this? <laughs> he, seems so, he seems so out of place too. Just the character design. Yeah, and that's true. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I think I think what they're doing with him is sort of the same thing that they're that they were trying to do with Sephiroth. Like they need to they need to make him significant somehow. And I I'm glad that they did it with him because you know I think he's the least loved character from the original. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, but like going, going like, like from what Suna was saying. So my girlfriend played, like, watched me play the game. Well, and she's she doesn't know anything Final Fantasy Seven, mm. right? She just knows like a couple of things, like you know, Cloud, Cloud is the way he is. Sephiroth has really nice hair. Tifa has big boobs. Stuff like that, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> the basics, nice details. right? Like the Google stuff, the Google stuff, yeah. right? Um, yeah, and. You know, when she was watching it, the thing was, uh, 
this is how I know too that it was really working, right? So my my girlfriend was really invested. She was like, "Oh my god, oh my god, this is so great." And you know, the thing that killed her was the was the ghost thing. So it's not just a fan thing. It's not just like, "Oh, us Final Fantasy fans were like, oh, we don't like this sort of retcon." To her, she's watching this and she's like, "What are those? What is this? <laughs> What's going on?" And then the final boss happens, right? And she's like, "That was cool, but what is going on? Like, what is this?" Then all of a sudden, she's yeah. lost, right? And I think. For the most part, that because I don't, I don't, I've never heard anybody say, I don't like they added new stuff with Jesse. Like, I don't hear anybody say anything like that, remotely close to stuff like that, right? Because all of these new additions feel good, right? Like, they feel, it would feel weird if you are fighting alongside these Avalanche members and, all, and, and get like no insight on them, or you, you want to hear more from them, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's how we feel about Roche, right? Which is, uh, by the way, he's a, a friend of mine voiced him in the original, uh, in the English cast, by the way. Um, so Austin Lee Matthews is a Oh, right, I forgot to, the name, so, yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah, he was, he was part of our community, like our, our like fandom community a long time ago. Um, <laughs> nice. So a lot, of them, a lot of them went pro. So I have like, I think, three friends who were in the remake, but he was the only person who had like a really big role. So, um, so kudos to him. But, but yeah, it's like, you know... Roche comes out, he's really cool, all of that, all of that stuff, and then we get nothing, mm. right? No payoff. So it feels, re- it, it feels really bad, right? And I think the same thing happens with the ghosts. And the thing is, no matter how many times you show the ghosts, they show them early and all that stuff, right? It's one of those, um, forgive me, like, Square, if you ever, like, watch this, but it's like the Nomura-isms, <laughs> right? Because it feels like that's sort of, like, it's, it's his sort of way to, to, to break the meta of the actual story. And he likes doing that. Like it's it's not just me. There's plenty of evidence of him doing this. Oh yeah, for sure. All over the place, right? Right. Started with thirteen, and remember, thirteen was his was his first project by himself. So no Hironobu Sakaguchi, no anybody else. It was just him, right? Um, here in Final Fantasy VII remake, he even has Kazushige. Anyway, I, I, but anyways, I'm I'm sorry. I'm like geeking out. <laughs> but the point is that the point is that like he he's not. It's not. It's actually within his wheelhouse to, to, to do crazy stuff like this, right? And even for both audiences that are old, oh, I shouldn't have said that. It makes us all sound old. Um, <laughs> That's fine. Uh, n- nostalgic players and then the newer ones, right? Um, we are all sort of scratching our heads like, what the hell is going on? So I think, <laughs> and I know hopefully they're using this to explain something else, but if they're using this yeah. just to just to wipe the timeline clean, which it might seem like they're trying to do so that they have more freedom, they should have just done it anyways, right? Yeah, that's like, an argument hell, I've heard a lot. To hell with what we true. think. I mean, honestly, to, at, at some degree, we want sort of Final Fantasy back. And what I mean by Final Fantasy back, we want them to... Because Nomura, when he first started the project, he did not really give a crap about what we thought, you know? Yeah. When <laughs> does I he ever? I think we sort of miss that. <laughs> oh, I feel like now he cares a little too much. I, I, I think. I think that's the reason why they shifted to, um, to Yoshi P. So, yeah. Mm. So that's 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 my that's my sort of that's my sort of take on it. How did you guys like the acting? The acting. No, the acting. I find 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 it very very good in most instances. Like they really brought brought the character the characters out. Like. The, the very essences of, of those. Like Cloud was still this um, this stoic, I don't care, mercenary. You all also heard in his voice, but then when he emoted, you heard that too. 
when he was scared, when he uh, had fun. And all the others, like Jesse was hilarious, and uh, Wedge, Biggs, Barrett was phenomenal. Tifa was really sweet, and Aerith had the, this really nice, girly voice, but still this bunk. So uh, I can't really say anything really bad. Maybe some NPCs, but... Um... Yeah. Aerith swore once, and I was amazed. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it was incredible. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was was a really great moment. That's true. Yeah. Oh wait, which one? Which one? Which one? I'm not some princess who needs to be coddled, and the the, the ladder oh. breaks. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I was not expecting that. <laughs> we did, <laughs> we did that first on still thinking. By the way, <laughs> but anyways, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you guys feel, but I felt uh, really. Um, Really, almost overwhelmed by this, by by the mm-hmm. sheer how do you say this? The the, f- the fantastic job most of them did. It's really good. Did them justice. I think honestly, out of everybody that was in that game, I think Johnny was probably the best voice actor. He was also the most veteran voice. It was Yuri Lowenthal, so he was like he was good. That's true. Yeah, you know. it could have just like yeah, a, a so. whole different variety of things could influence that. You know, based on skill or whatever, but. It could be just the character you're given. Any of the other actors could have been given the character of Johnny and they could have performed it just as well. But I, th- I feel like Johnny was just a really, a really hyper interesting character to voice and it stood mm-hmm, out. For sure. Like, I just, yeah. I loved the energy that Johnny gave off. Mm. Oh, can I piggyback off of that? Just really quick. It's like, it's funny that you mentioned that. I don't know if you and I ever spoke about this, but it's, it's, uh, the thing about it was like, um, even for my girlfriend, when we were watching it, when we were, pl- sorry, when she was watching it and I was playing it, <laughs> she was like, you know, and she hears me all the time, like, like always like ragging on acting and stuff. Right. Because, you know, like I'm a, I'm an internet <laughs> weeb. So, um, it's what we do. But, um, yeah. So she's like, oh, okay. All right. Oh, you know, the act. And she was like, oh, you know, the acting's really good. Oh my God. The, the, uh, and she was like very impressed with like the voice acting of, you know, like the main characters and everything. And then when Johnny appeared, then all of a sudden my girlfriend was like, oh, okay. Now everybody kind of sounds less good because Johnny <laughs> is just so phenomenal. Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense to you because all of these people, a lot of the actors that they caught for the main characters are not actually voice actors, right? So most of them, so, yeah. Like, yeah. They're, they're, they're screen actors, right? Or or or, or streamers, uh, person or streamers or influencers or <laughs> yeah. something, right? Yeah. So well, well, I mean, in fairness, Brianna White is like a she's she's what we call sort of like your Hollywood actress, like right? she's maybe she's not super duper popular, but she's she's there, like she's did she, she do has acting? An agent. I don't remember. I I remember yes, she did some, I think some she's... moderate moderation stuff, moderator. Well, the reason why she was able. Shows. The reason why she got the role, I think, in the first place was because her agents um, notified her of the audition. Right, right. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. So, in other words, she has an agent, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's, uh, that's key fair. takeaway. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and, you know, she's she's really pretty, all of those kinds of things. Like, And, you know, she lives around here, so that's... I, I live around Hollywood, too, so it's like... Okay. that 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 spells out a very sort of stereotype around here, right? Not a bad one. It's just like, oh, you're an actor? Oh, I'm an actor, too. You know, everyone's <laughs> like that. Um... It's like, like the person you're, you're, the person who's waiting tables and the person's eating there are all trying to like audition for the yeah, same role. Exactly. Um, I don't know if I could trust anyone if I lived in a city full of actors. Yeah, that's a, that's <laughs> I'd, a good point. I'd be questioning everything somebody has said to me. 
I'm like, oh, did no, I wrote no. this book? Do you like it? And they're like, yeah, it was amazing. I'm like, you're probably lying to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's 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 funny too because um, it's funny you say that because how acting works here is that there's so many actors here that there's so many. Well, it's Hollywood, so there's so many acting roles that they don't actually yeah. get people who act. I don't know if that makes sense. It's like there are all, all these people who want to be certain things and they're just like, we need a hick, you know, like it's not we're not looking. They're not actually looking for people who can play hicks. They're actually looking for 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 hicks like in Hollywood. Who oh, I see. want to audition. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what they do. So they're actually like typecasting all the time. So a lot of people who are quote unquote mm-hmm. actors are not actually acting all the time. They're just being so, themselves a little bit too overdone. They're just being themselves. Yeah, and then and then hopefully hopefully the 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 role that's meant for them will just show up out of nowhere, right? That's that's how <laughs> it is. I mean, think about Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman is sort of the same person in every in every movie, right? Yeah, because you exactly. don't you're not you're not hiring Morgan no. Freeman to act, right? You're act, you're hired you're you're making the role so that Morgan Freeman can act it, yeah, right? So like, <laughs> um, sounded like Adam Sandler too. Yeah, that's Adam yeah, Sandler. Well, Adam Sandler's different because he creates his own roles. Uh, yeah. You know, True. He's like, I want to act like a kid today, and then he'll make the role and then play it. Um, that's so, <laughs> like so he's kind of like me. Movie. So he's kind of like me with 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 voice acting. You know, no one wants to cast me; I'll cast myself. Um, mm-hmm. But um, but yeah. So so it's funny that you say that because my girlfriend, that's her sentiment was actually like she loved all the voices. She because I was very critical of the fact that they didn't want to get like actual voice actors. I'm I'm just a snob. Just ignore me. But um, you know. Because I'm just like, oh, because there's this sort of thing that's going on in voice acting now for a lot of these big titles that what they do is they get really hand, they get really good looking people for it, hmm. regardless of their skill. And then they and, right. then they and then they direct them into stardom. That makes sense. Like they 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 spend more time in the studio with them just to make them sound like they're like the most legit thing ever, which the which, you know, funny enough, they become more legit because when you get that much direction and you're open to it, you become better anyways. Um, mm-hmm. And then the roles are made for you. So then all of a sudden you become a, a quote unquote, a voice. And then people want that voice of yours. Um, I'm not saying this with any spite, by the way. It's just sort of how the, the how it's working. Mm-hmm. What I am going to say in spite is they're going to be like, is this is like, oh, my God, of course, they're going to try to get like a handsome guy to play Cloud. Why can't they get an ugly guy who sounds great? You know what I mean? Um, and it's and I'm totally biased because I'm ugly. But um, <laughs> so Don't say that. that's what that is. So just, you know, no, I need to admit this live on air or I'll never get over it in my 2020 <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but I've uh, never seen you before, so I can't tell. Like, I can't. <laughs> Hopefully I'm making myself sound uglier than I am. So when you see me, you're going to be like, oh, my God, this guy. And I'll be like, oh, you. Um, you're really bad but, at making um, you sound ugly. <laughs> oh, thank you. Really? I think I have like, I think my diction sucks. It sucks because I'm, I'm a voice actor. But yeah, so... um. All of a sudden, they started. Uh, my girlfriend was just like, "Oh man," she. I was sorry. She was thinking, "Oh my god!" Like Cody Christian did so good, and oh Brianna, mm-hmm. Brianna's so good, and oh my god, like they're actually really good. Blah blah. I, like and and she's telling me like, "Oh my god, you're you've been worrying for nothing." And then Johnny comes out, and then and then she's like, and she's like, "Oh, never mind." Like I can hear it. It's, it's like eating a ten dollar steak, and then eating a fifty dollar yeah. steak. I uh, yeah. like later and being like, "Huh, I thought the ten dollar steak was good." But now I've had this one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, yeah, and Yuri Lowenthal is like n- he is not 
like as as far as quote unquote like voice actors in the industry are, he's he's like he's been killing it. He was um he was Peter Parker in Spider Man. Oh. Uh, yeah. The 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 Spider Man game that came out for PS4. Mm, I haven't played oh, it, really? so I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, I, he was nominated for it too. Nice. So, so that's how good that's how good he is, and he's Johnny. Does this <laughs> make sense? Like, do you see why I'm so upset? I'm just yeah, like, I see. dude, they could have like Cloud could have been played by somebody like Johnny, like or you know what I mean. Anyways, but but you know what? In all fairness, like they did super good. Like I thought mm-hmm. they, and you know, and not just credits to them, but credits to the voice direction too. A lot of the previous Final Fantasy titles didn't have as good of a voice direction. Mm-hmm. So I noticed that you know, too. And I, yeah, I mean, like for example, some of the Dissidia games were just not very directed well. Um, I think Mobius got little to no direction at all, which is funny because some voice actors sound great in Mobius mm. because they didn't get any direction. Like, I think, <laughs> Steve, like, it's so funny, too, because a lot of people who hated, and trust me, there are people, trust me, I'm in the voice acting community, there are people who hate George Newbern as Sephiroth. Mm. There are people, yes, they exist, I know, it's weird, right? <laughs> as a fan, you're just like, wait, what? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. But there are people, because because they make him sound too, they make in a sense, they sort of make Sephiroth sound very corny, right? But then all of a sudden, George Newbern sounds amazing in Mobius because nobody's directing him. Like, he's just like, well, I can just do what I want. And they're like, yeah. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, then he sounds yeah. great. And then the opposite happens with Steve Burton, right? Like in Mobius, because it's Steve Burton there. And he's like, oh, I'm not getting any direction. Okay, then he sounds horrible. So, yeah. so it, it's, it's a thing like that. So sometimes directors can actually make you sound like crap. So, so if Echo S sounds like crap, that's my fault. <laughs> so you you heard it. You heard it. It's not yes. mine. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, yes, it's my fault. I'm it's just my the... fault. That's the reason. It's the real. It's the real reason why Suna. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm just the coding yeah. like, guy. I need a fault guy. <laughs> <laughs> I need a fault guy. But if it turns out great, then it's all me, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Well, to, to be honest, I, I really liked the um the the video you you guys put out. Uh, with which which showed the the voices showed off the voices really mm. good yeah i, I love that video i've seen that video so many times just because like <laughs> i've popped in other people's streams who are using mods they've recognized my name and then you know naturally we start talking about what we do for sure and i'd say like do, have, like have you heard what the characters sound like because granted like a lot of people have heard about me but there's a very small fraction of people of of that group that have actually watched the youtube videos and they're like, no, mm-hmm. I didn't know you had a cast video. And they'll go watch it live on stream and everyone in chat and themselves. Like, I've seen nice. it so many times. They're all like, my God, these, these characters are amazing. They're really and good. They yeah. just, it makes me smile so often. And I wish oh, Crane yeah, was there to think? witness it more often too. <laughs> I don't think Crane feels as proud as everything we're doing as I do. Because he worries about it more because he's the director. You know, it's, it's his mm-hmm. job. <laughs> well, I mean, if it sucks, it's my fault, you mm-hmm. know? Like, how many times have you asked me now, like, are you still happy with Cloud? Do you want me to change Cloud's voice? And I'm like, no, I love Cloud's voice. And you're like, "Mm, you sure? (laughs) Yeah, because I think that's the most contentious voice we have, is my voice for Cloud. And I I refuse to voice him any other way. Yeah. It's because there's been so many of them. Yeah, and I feel like people have an idea of kind Mm -hmm. of... There's so many... Okay, so Cloud is a really contentious character to voice. Or to give a voice to, because everybody has an, has an opinion on what he should sound like. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so there's some people who are just like, he needs to sound like Steve Burton. Oh, no, Cody Christian's fine. Oh, actually, mm-hmm. he needs to sound like 
the guy in Japanese but speaking in English. You know? <laughs> and then some people are just like, he needs to sound like Ichigo from Bleach. And some people are just like, no, he needs to sound like... Like, there's so many... And it's just crazy. So, so yeah. I mean, I, I'm actually more interested in hearing what you guys think of our voice cast. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I'd like that too. Well, to, to, to give an, an accurate and fair feedback i'd need to listen to it again to really have it fresh in my mind but from what i remember i remember really uh, liking it that uh, the voice casting i think like you would play the game with those voices oh for sure like not the remake with those okay, voices but the, the original mod with those voices because this then it's a completely different experience that i'm, I'm playing mm-hmm. the original with voices which is different from the remake even if the voices mm. sound different from the remake, I can appreciate them. At least that, that, that's what I'm telling myself. <laughs> you don't realize it yet. You will when you've had, when the, the mod is released and you've played the game with it. Probably twice. I feel like people aren't going to just play Echo S once. They'll probably do it a second time no. shortly after. And maybe yeah. nobody realizes it yet. But trust me, I've ruined the game. I haven't made it better. <laughs> because, <laughs> okay. like... I like FF7 is my job. It's literally my full-time job to create mods for this game now. And I sit here every single day and I'm modding FF7 and I have the voices on it because I'm working on them all the time. And then see one day like I'll not have the voices on or I'll watch somebody else play the game and there's no voices and I'm sat there like this game is so quiet. It's so weird <laughs> without voices. Like you I ruined I just my childhood. <laughs> it's so weird to me now yeah but there's like young children that are learning how to read right mm. so i've had they're just reading the <laughs> yeah I, i've had quite a few people actually like definitely way up in the double digits i've had people say that they've got like dyslexia or people genuinely just mm-hmm. have trouble reading and they've said like i can't wait for your mod to come out because i really do struggle to read through That's these awesome. games and one person i don't know how this works but one person appeared in our discord one day and he was legitimately blind. And he was asking me, like, you know, how is this going to work? Is it going to be easy for me to mm-hmm. install and whatever? And, you know, like, every time he messaged me back, I was amazed. I was like, how are you doing this? You, you... <laughs> <laughs> I, I can only assume he's got voice commands for everything. But... Yeah. Yeah, voice commands and probably. then a blind keyboard, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's, he specifically Or he asked... could live in Hollywood. <laughs> Maybe. I'm <laughs> just kidding. out. <laughs> And he specifically asked me too, he was like, do you take requests for, for mod ideas and stuff? And I was like, yeah, I guess. It depends how long it would take me. Like, I've been commissioned to do mods in the past, and, you know, I'm down to do anything, mm-hmm. really, if I can do it. And he wanted me to add in something where whenever you got to a boundary, like the walk mesh, obviously games back then worked different to games now, like FF7 yeah. is not actually 3D. You're just walking on a few invisible triangles that match the background as good as it can. And he wanted me to do it so whenever you got to the edge of the walk mesh, it would beep. It, it kind of like, oh. uh, you know, you think like a metal detector. The closer to the metal you are, the faster the beeping is. Mm-hmm. He wanted me to do something like that, but towards mm-hmm. the edge of the map. And I was like, as amazing as that would be for people, I yeah, it is way out of my league. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it really got me thinking like there are so many different types of people that would like to play this game and have something yeah. not allowing them to do that and mm-hmm. from that point on whenever somebody said to me like i'm really glad you're doing this because of this reason it started hitting me way harder than it did before and 
suddenly, like, I could be sat watching Family Guy and I would get a notification on YouTube. Here's a new comment. Somebody says, oh, this is amazing. Immediately, I've paused Family Guy and I've gone back to work because my motivation goes through the roof for like a few hours after I get a comment <laughs> like that. It's it's so inspiring, too. It's, it's weird. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It certainly is, yeah. So just going back to, I guess, the, the remake uh, voice acting, I was, I was fine with it. Um, I thought that everybody did a great job. And like, I never experienced this game with voice acting before, right? So I never really had any expectations, just whatever I kind of made up inside of my head, I guess. And I was open to receiving that. And I thought they all did a great job. Um, there were some sketchy, like, NPC like I don't I don't know how to explain it I guess it's like their mouths didn't move yeah like as good as the main cast like they weren't animated as as well so it was kind of a little uh it took me out of the experience I guess the immersion a little bit when um they would talk to NPCs the voice acting was good but then the character models like the the whatever it's called when they're doing the mo capture whatever wasn't that great so like their mouths were moving and it kind of was awkward so it kind of took me out of it but Everything else I was totally fine with. I thought everybody, you know, did a great job. And um, and uh, I can see why they replaced the original cast, I guess, because there was an outcry um, for, like, the whole Advent Children um, voice acting. Like, they, uh, they, they replaced them all, so they didn't have anybody come back that was from Advent Children. So there was, like, this outcry online. And I think there's still, like, an ongoing petition about people that want... I forget what it's called now. Um, like, their... Reunion project or something? I don't know. I think so. Yeah, reunion project. They want oh, it's um, an operation reunion. Want, or, or, or yeah, they want Advent Children yeah. voice actors. They want Square to release a DLC to have like um, the Advent Children voice actors like as a DLC. You can download their voices for the remake. Not gonna happen. Well, there we go. Then there's. Yeah. Uh, I remember like at the start you said like the topics we were gonna discuss, and you said modding the remake and stuff. There's our idea. If Square never does yeah. it, I'll send out a few emails. We'll see what we can do, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that was kind of bringing me to my next thing. So I didn't know if you guys were actually thinking about um, something like that. Like you might end up redoing the voice acting for a remake or what kind of mods you kind of have um, like in mind for the remake once it releases on, on PC. And I know that it's like created with obviously a completely different system and engine and everything like that. So. Um, I just didn't know if you had any ideas for for anything right now. Probably not, honestly. I think some of it might even be easier, you know? Because, mm -hmm. like, I've modded, um, what is it? Uh, like, I've seen mods for different, for newer games, and a lot of the times they're, they're uh, like, for example, the voice files are, are literally voice files in a folder. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you, re you replace those with the same name, and, and there you go, you know? So maybe... Mm -hmm replacing the voices might even be might even be easy i actually you know one thing i i want people to do for the remake um uh, mod wise i know this sounds weird but hear me out is i want there to be a mod where you can actually remove the interface yes okay. like a camera mode. yeah so you can watch it so that so that we can film it like it's a movie, like even the fight scenes as mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. you know, as a movie and then actually post that, mm. you know, where you're playing through the game and you don't see the, the, the health bars and stuff like that. And you can just watch all oh, I see. action for itself because there's a lot of, especially for voice acting, um, there's a lot of scenes like, for example, the, the guard scorpion fight because you're so, yeah. you're so 
um, involved in the fight. Like, if you're playing it, then you're so involved in the fight. But if you're watching it, you're so involved with everything that's on screen that when they're talking or when little things are happening, like, you tend not to, you tend to ignore those things. Like, even in the Guard Scorpion fight, there's so many things that are happening, even visually, that, yeah. it, that completely goes over people's heads because there's so many, like, the... the the user interfaces there, all of that. Even the cutscenes for some of the fights, like when you're fighting, um, even when you're fighting uh, Sephiroth, you mm-hmm. know, like there's so many cool moments, but then you have that, yeah. but you have your health bar and your status like on the lower right and then your commands on the lower left. Mm-hmm. And if you don't turn on the tutorial, like it, all the buttons and their commands are on the upper left. And sometimes it just, it kind of kills it, even when it's, when it's, when it's like cutscene worthy to me. So like, I think that would be, my request is if anybody's out there listening to this, if it does come out, like, please just remove the interface. I know it's going to be like a hassle to play, but yeah, um, I think I'm nerdy enough to, to, to play it without that and, and be fine. Like you could call it a difficulty mm-hmm. mod at that rate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. That, or make, make it at Cinema least mode. toggleable. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Make it toggleable. Yeah, that, that would be better to see. See, Av, is I knew you were a smart guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is something I thought I thought about uh, a lot, and also I think a few days ago I thought, why didn't they include uh, an option in the menu to maybe not remove it completely, but remove the interface when it's not needed, like in cutscenes, in battles, or when you're running around not hitting the button, because there's always this mm-hmm. this X uh, command menu thing on the in the bottom left. And it kills screenshots because I made almost 2,000 screenshots from my footage for mm-hmm. um, uh, wallpapers and stuff. But I couldn't, mm-hmm. couldn't uh, take any from, from battles because the interface would, would just kill it in a bad way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah. do have some screenshots with uh, the command menu, like the, the prompt on the bottom left on, on, on the field because it's not that intrusive. But it's still, I don't like it. Yeah, oh, see, so it's great for content creators, right? Yeah. yeah You've got to get those thumbnails. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be awesome if they could, you know, if there could be somebody to give us this option to be able to take away the UI or make it adaptable. So it's like when you go into a fight, it kind of appears. And then when you're outside of a fight, it kind of fades away. There's other games that do this as well. I'm kind of drawing a blank. I think Witcher 3 does this. I don't think it's always there. I think when you're exploring the world and you're doing other things, it disappears. And then when you go into a, into like you're battling or something, it shows up. Um, and that kind of opens it up to larger things as well. Like you had said, Crane, for example, like somebody could potentially just film um, the entire game as a movie. Like you could capture it that way. Like without, you don't even need to play it. It could be just that these, these events play out. And you could change the angle, you know, of how mm-hmm. things are mm-hmm. like happening. And then it's just essentially like a movie, like you can create a movie from it, you know. It would get views too. I think mm-hmm. so too. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's a lot of people that don't like playing games. Like, for example, my yeah. my partner, Mary, she doesn't, she doesn't like in games at all. But she was in love with Crisis Core because we sat and watched a six hour movie mm-hmm. edition on youtube where she just got all the story and got rid of all the fluff yeah you know, absolutely sure yep and mm-hmm. all, all the people out there as well that watch twitch streamers you know so these some people are they play the game but then some people don't they just want to watch 
Twitch streamers, um, you know, play through this game because they might not ever like buy the game or have time to play through it or they're watching Let's Plays on YouTube or something like that. So there are people out there, I think, that would enjoy t- like having this um, option. Yeah, right? a lot of so people, yeah. I'm super excited to see what what people are going to come up with essentially when the PC version comes out and the modding community, you know, um, oh, gets together. I'm, I'm excited to see what what uh, kind of things people are going to create. I know what the I'm first actually scared what people are going to do with <laughs> the modding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely! Oh, yeah, of course. Of I'm course, so scared right? every time. I'm, every time I'm just like, oh my god, there's modding, and then like a second after, I'm just like, oh my god, there's modding. Mm. You know, <laughs> I, I know full well what the yeah. first two mods are going to be because the yeah. Oh, yeah. one mod already exists, which is playable Red Thirteen. Yeah, um, uh-huh. like playable was. Oh, you and I were not now. thinking the. You and I were not thinking the same thing. Good job. No, okay. I was thinking about. I was thinking about Tifa. Something you know. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's now you and I too. were talking. Yeah. We're thinking the same. But thing. yeah, there, there will be <laughs> was... model swaps for the dresses to be the characters permanently. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, clouding a dress. You'll see like a, a near automata. Like, why is it? I always see that. Like, I always see the mods for near. Right? Like, <laughs> I just see the mods, it and so it's funny. like you can see she's walking up a ladder, and I'm like, oh, really? Like, really? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> People are into what they're into, yeah. right? <laughs> have you guys played it? Have you play, played Nier Automata? Yes. I have played it, yes. Okay. But I didn't it, install it, any mods or anything. But Okay, but it, I, sorry, I just wanted to bring up that I thought it was really funny. And it's very Yoko Taro. Oh, the, the, the this, trophy, every yeah. Time you, yeah, no, but, you know, when, whenever you try, when you're playing 2B and you try to look up her skirt, she actually, like, like right. kicks the camera or something she yes. actually like shoes you away <laughs> yeah and if you do that 10 times you get the trophy i think oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah. yoko taro is he's he's too meta man he's too meta also there, isn't there a self-destruct option which blows away most of her clothes or something I think I heard about that. Yeah, you you can you can, uh, you can blow, blow yourself up and deal a lot of damage, but then you're like on at at minimal health and need to heal again. But then actually, most of her clothes are gone. Like the the skirt is gone. Oh, yeah. My girlfriend will love that. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can do the same with no uh, with nine S, but it's not as uh, it's not quite the same. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course, no, no, but nine uh, S actually looks like he's nine. Yeah. <laughs> true. <laughs> true, true. Yes, but uh but yeah, going back to the going back to the mods, I think um again, I'm scared about it. I'm I also know the first thing that people are going to do is rip the hell out of it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. For sure now that it's on. I mean, people have already ripped it, but I'm pretty sure with PC everyone's going to be like yeah, ripping everything, right? And um Square, this is not us like promoting it. We are just saying a fact. Yeah. That this, this is will, a warning that this will this will happen right like this is you cannot do anything to stop it <laughs> um it will it is it is inevitable as thanos once said yep but um but uh yeah and uh i'm just interested to see like what kind of like what mm-hmm. people are going to do with that and and if if square is going to be open to it at all because if if it goes out on steam you know that the way that Steam works, especially if um, one of the games is, um, quote-unquote, uh, you can have the, quote-unquote, Steam Workshop, mm-hmm. then then it's almost like, it's pretty much like Square saying it's fair game. Mm-hmm. Like, they're saying, come mod the game. Like, they're actually <laughs> saying that. So I don't know if that's 
kind of like the direction they're going because that's what they were with with 15 mm. yeah like square enix I hope literally, so. yeah they were literally telling everybody hey mod mod the crap out of this Next, it gives you it know? more life like its survivability is 10 times longer if people yep. are messing around yeah. with it and changing it yeah yeah i think that's people also will... the reason why they don't get rid of they don't get rid of modding communities either yeah, like, you know how many more people will have either bought or replayed the original FF7 because of mods like mm -hmm. New Threat? Mm -hmm. Oh, New like, Threat, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Or Echo S. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> people will probably just, like, actually make a one-to-one -one remake. Like, they'll just change everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that the game actually <laughs> ends up just being, like, what yeah, it was in the original up until that point right so take sephiroth out of those scenes like that that doesn't happen like i don't even know if that you can even do those things but i'm sure people will probably try right and then you can replay it and those people get what they what they always wanted right mm -hmm. just <laughs> what do they call that open source <laughs> that's called that's what that's called right when you put up a a program and it's pretty much up for everybody to mm. to, to mess with it's oh it's called open source right yeah yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, so they're just like, okay, here, open source Final Fantasy VII Remake. <laughs> Make it nice. to the way you want FF7 <laughs> Minecraft, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. You were, you were talking earlier about, like, uh, people redubbing it. And if I'm not mistaken, there was a conversation I had with Crane at some point, And I think you told me that they had an AI system in there that did the, the mouth movements. Mm-hmm. To, yeah. to just match the voices which is why like you know most games if they have it in english they have it in japanese and all these other languages the lip flaps only ever match japanese but the remake matches mm -hmm. all of them because yeah. this ai is able to distinguish the oh, voices okay. and whatnot i kind of wonder which also looks horrible sometimes did well but yeah i kind of wonder that if people do redub <laughs> the game and they replace the voice files will the ai work with that so that the actors don't have to try and match the voice flaps mm. the voice flaps will physically change to match the characters so they could read up the story. They could make an abridged version, and it would just work. No, oh, uh, hopefully. I mean, if that, if if what's in place really is an AI. But the problem with AI is that AI is actually internet based, right? So usually, like, yeah, yeah. So that's 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 what it is. Like, there's no. I don't think there's such a thing as an AI that works by itself without without a server. Mm. Um. I also doubt that it's um, actually in-game real-time, that they kind of pre-rendered, pre so to speak, the, uh, the lip flaps with this mm -hmm. AI, just fed it with the lines, and they, they, ha they had the, yeah. the animation mm. um, data. data yeah, it's actually pre-rendered. Yeah. It's not uh, like pro-rendered. Okay. Like, it's not rendering yeah. as, <laughs> as the thing is happening. Hmm. Under the same logic, again, I think you were telling me that the voice files themselves aren't edited to be environmental, but the game, the game's environment has effects built into it that says if a voice file is played in this area, edit it to sound this way. Like if you're in the elevator, yes. which is a metal box, it will alter your oh, voice yeah, to sound that's... like you're in a metal box oh. instead of pre-editing yes. it like we always used mm. to do. So mm. that would save people that so were going to dub. You know, they don't have to be master editors anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I it would it would be nice to find out if that's what's what is in fact going on, right? Um, because that would be kind of cool. That that means that that again, if people are editing or whatever, then that would be the case. Uh, my guess is that um, 
when they're making um sounds uh fit the environment they're you know uh it only works for things that are outside of cutscenes because I think cutscenes are usually pre rendered mm-hmm. so yeah because um the reason why I believe this is because if you watch the same exact cutscene in Japanese and the exact same cutscene in English, um, their times don't match. I don't know if that makes any sense to you guys. Like, uh, I, I do remember though that the Barrett's voice actor, Sean Eric Bentley, said that they, do, uh, they did have to match the length of each line. So they couldn't be off by, I don't know, maybe one or two... Uh, Tenths of a Seconds. second or something. I don't know. There were. Oh, okay. I think there was still something going on there with the length. Well, I think, I th- well, I think you tell that to voice actors in general. Um, but you know, but the the lengths of the scene. I know this because um, I tried to dub. I tried to. F- so what I did was I fan dubbed the scene in English, mm-hmm. and then but then I was but then I I so I downloaded a clip in Japanese, and then I just changed the you know obviously because you remove all the 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 sound anyway and the scenes did end up longer or shorter mm. depending on on okay. the on the dub right so in other words what okay so what that entails is that these scenes are actually pre-rendered like the cutscenes are pre-rendered to the language so it's mm. not actually changing them in time um so yeah that 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 that's my uh that's my that's my take on it at least so some scenes are a bit longer some so Could a be, lot yeah. of times the a lot of times the English dub is a lot faster. Oh, sorry, lot sorry, a lot slower than the Japanese dub. The Japanese dub usually is really quick. Um, so so yeah, I mean, but but if we can find out, even if we're just able to find out like how that's done, I think that's already sort of invaluable. Mm-hmm. I don't know who it's invaluable to, but to me it is. Like I think that's really cool to know just how they're like going about these stuff. For sure, yeah. You also mentioned mentioned the, uh, the effects, ambient effects like um, reverb or like the different texture of uh, of the voice clips. I think this is all done uh, in t- um, in real time because there in in sector yeah. five there is this kind of a pipe you can go through in the mm-hmm. east. I think like when you go you go past the elderly home and you can uh, go through this uh, pi- uh, pipe like area mm-hmm. and when you're standing inside and uh children are there and some someone talks to you or cloud says something or something then they, then it does sound like you're in a pipe and th- i don't think you can do this with uh like pre-rendered sound clips that the sound clips yeah. actually have to be mastered in the game engine itself yeah well that's for things outside of cutscenes yeah so, yeah for sure like what yeah yeah, so things, so, yeah, I think that's, well, that's been sort of the technology for a while now, ever since they did, um, ever since they did uh, uh, sound coming from camera, because they do, they do this thing. So when, you know, all of a sudden when they went into 3D, so if you look at games like, uh, I don't know, FF10, right? Mm-hmm. Prior to the remaster, this is actually one of the new features of the, of the remastered FF10 that people obviously didn't a lot of people didn't notice cuz it's sound right um but if you watch ff uh if you watch ff10 you will notice that no matter where the camera is 
the sound, the the voices of the characters will always be static. Like, it'll yeah. always be in one place, right? But nowadays, like, that's just not industry standard. Industry standard nowadays, especially if you have a if you have a three D moving uh, camera, mm-hmm. is that is that the sounds will be specific to the camera. It's a spatial right? aware, so if, mm-hmm. spatially aware. Yeah. So if so if you're if the character is like on your right, then you'll hear it. But then if if the character is still talking and you're panning your own camera, then it'll then it'll do that. And mm-hmm. I think the reason, and um, I mean that sounds cool and all, but it's just not ideal for sound, right? Ideal for sound is pre-render, mm-hmm. right? Because that's that's really how you mix everything like perfectly, right? So um, so yeah, so I think for cutscenes, it's most likely going to be pre-rendered. That's my that's mm-hmm. my. That's my guess about it. Like the actual so. story cutscene, not those uh, yeah. with side quests where the camera is pretty static. I think that that's this yeah. everything in game, in engine. Yeah, anything that the camera is moving is is uh, is mastered on the spot. Yeah, so that was a long segment. On yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be interesting to see where developers can take this as well with the. Um, the I guess the new sound card in the PS5, it kind of has the spatial sound. Like, I don't have a PS5. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to get one yet. Um, so I haven't been able to kind of experience this whole new sound scape slash sound card thing, whatever is happening. Um, but I think it'll be interesting to see what developers can do uh, going forward in order to, I guess, change it so it sounds more immersive and like where the voices are coming from and that sort of thing. Um, from my knowledge, I think it's like it's more advanced. So you have you you'll be able to do more things with it to kind of like take advantage of this new this new uh, power, I guess, from the sound card. Hmm. Um, and I guess we'll see, you know, where it goes once the um, I guess the next part of the remake, if it comes out for PS5 and it's like in a PS5 developed game. Do you know what I mean? And then they have to change. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, they're still going to support the PS4, I think, with the next part, but we'll sure. see. Um, I'm excited to see where they kind of take this, like, into the future for, especially for sound and sound engineering and, and everything. I think they're putting it on Oculus, right? Are they? You think they are? Hmm? Probably. Maybe not the whole game, but the, uh, maybe certain segments? Or... Because I think that was part of the tease. Remember when they were, when, um, what's his name? Not Nomura, Kazushika or something. Yeah. Remember the when they were talking about it. Uh, you and I watched this Suna uh, on the on the um, on the the concert, right? Oh, remember he had like three screens behind him, and they were all playing FF Seven Remake, and then yeah, on one yeah. side it had obvious. It, it was like quote unquote teasing that it was a uh, for PC, oh. mm-hmm. but then at the same time, like on his left side, uh, our right side, he has uh, he actually has an Oculus Rift. Oh, like, I I yeah, I know which which clip you're referring to. Yeah. Yeah, so people are just like, wait a minute, is it gonna be? <laughs> is it gonna be, be like virtual reality too? Because that That'd would actually cool. that would actually make um, Viz's uh, Viz uh, little tangent about the sound thing actually relevant to this yeah, conversation. That's true. Thank God, definitely. Um, yeah. Because you, because for the most part, they do. Um, it's a whole different rendering process when you're doing um, sound uh, oriented to camera as a, as opposed to sound oriented to character. Mm-hmm. The thing is, when you do Oculus Rift, you're it's you're working that way. Where now the character has like has to have like a three D spatial uh, like sound mm-hmm. awareness, mm-hmm. and that's that's a whole different monster. Mm-hmm. So right. you know, it's not just the we'll port it into the game or port it into Oculus. Yeah. It's 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 more than that. So 
you know, you'd actually have to be able to hear things behind you. <laughs> One game that did the like spatial awareness audio perfectly was uh, Hellblade. Santa was. I was about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it was okay. so good. This like, the voices perfect, in her yeah. head were just moving around your headset permanently. And nice. It was, it was like ASMR. It was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played that game yet. You should. But, um, yeah, very it's, worth it's it. It's awesome. I don't play anything not Final Fantasy. <laughs> Sorry, boy. <laughs> I'm usually the same. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> they stopped Breath of Fire, so I, I have nothing else to play. Uh, <laughs> all right that's that's a bummer right i know i know they should bring it back yeah looking at you capcom <laughs> at least they're doing uh still doing resident evil oh yeah i mean they they need some titles to keep them afloat mm-hmm. i mean you know you know square enix was about to be in that boat too mm-hmm. right you are you guys aware yeah. about like their st- like they were they were close to bed. Like, the yeah, business, the creative business unit one was like bankrupt. Didn't 14 like, save like branch was actual. Yeah, 14 saved them mm-hmm. super hard. Yeah, I just read that I guess the success of 7 Remake as well helped to uh, counteract the, the financial loss that was from um, the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's so they did something. so well for remake, and they're like, yeah, but then they're like, oh, <laughs> so it's like took away all of that. Do you know what I mean? Like the success they had from from remake to uh, mm-hmm. that's it. Kind of sucks. That's kind because, of subsidized the other project. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like they would have been further, like better off um, without doing adventures. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> which is oh, unfortunate, yeah. but but it's also it's also um well okay so depending on the creative business unit some of them are really good at um at marketing and some of them are really bad so i really hate the fact that dissidia like the the way they they did dissidia nt was they they did the marketing of that so poorly mm-hmm. right you know like have you guys played it or have you seen it i played uh, it i've seen yeah, it okay. i played the first one i just watched it all and on i think YouTube. soon as <laughs> okay yeah, so the way that they... I'm a very big fan of Dissidia. Like, I, you know, like, my channel, Still Thinking Films, was started off of Dissidia. Mm. And um, and the way that... Because, because you know, Dissidia on the PSP, it, it allowed you to have free camera. So I was actually creating movies via PSP, mm. like, for Dissidia. Mm-hmm. And then I was, like, voice acting over it and all, all of that stuff. That's how, that's how I got started into content creating for Final Fantasy. Um... But like the, th- you know how they would release characters and DLCs and all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they did. God, imagine, imagine not releasing Arden during episode Arden when Ar- episode Arden came out. Do you know what I mean? Like, how could you not do things like that? Mm-hmm. How could you not? How could you not fix timelines like that? You know, like release Final Fantasy VIII content when when remaster happened. You know, like, like, how could you not do that, that sort of thing? And a lot, and, you know, I think Avengers sort of got like the bad end mm-hmm. of that too. You know, I, I've never, I don't play the game. I've never, I, I'm not, I'm not a person who plays everything square. So like Same. that, I, I don't know that, but I, one thing I do know for sure is because it's also it, the withholdings for square is also, they, they also tweet, um, Right, so that's also how we know when they buy licensing or when they buy a name. So we know, like, spoiler, like, what the name of the next 
expansion is going to be or that thing with that was it ever crisis or something like that yeah ever crisis yeah. in the first soldier <laughs> yeah but um but even according to them they were losing out on money so hard that it was final fantasy 14 plus some residual income from the uh from the mobile games that 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 gave uh that gave ff7 remake the the green light because hmm. that's that project was almost dead in the water yeah, I think oh, didn't crap, they say didn't like ages ago that they they refused to make an FF7 remake until FF15 sold as many copies as 7 did or something. Mhm. Yeah, they were banking on they were banking on Final Fantasy 15 making that much money. So, but it sadly it didn't. I think uh, I think um F Final Fantasy 10 remaster uh and 10 and 102 remaster also made them some money, so they were like, "Okay, that's good." Mhm. Um yeah, it's like I think yeah, I, it's it's really 14. It's 14 yeah, with its with its monthly subscription, you know, like that really that really pushed them over the edge. And and 14 mind you was a was a was a the first time they launched it was a black hole of was a money black hole. Complete disaster, yeah. <laughs> it was a horrible <laughs> disaster. So when Yoshi P came in, so that's why when Final Fantasy 16 came out and they're just like, "Oh, this it's uh produced by creative uh Creative Business Unit 2? The 3. Right? Mm-hmm. That's Yoshi P? A 3. So yeah. that's Yoshi P. That's Final Fantasy fourteen, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, of course they're going to give it to him. He, like, he essentially saved them. Yeah. Um, so, oh, man. Can you guys imagine a world, uh, like, a Final Fantasy, like, from this point onwards without Nomura? That's weird. Yeah, it kind of is. Kind of, but also exciting. It's exciting, right? Mm-hmm. But, but at the same time, it's sort of scary, right? You're just like... What's that going to look like? Because uh, how do you guys feel about how do you guys feel about the sixteen trailer? At first, I was a kind of apprehensive; didn't really know what to think about it. And uh, I, th- I first thought it was uh, some other fourteen expansion because I have no idea about fourteen. It just kind of looked like fourteen. And then it was sixteen, and I didn't really know what to expect, what to have, what they should have expected and what it was. But then I, I started analyzing stuff and then it's got re- I got really into it. Now I'm, I'm fully on board. I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Um, I just thought that the, like the graphical textures and fidelity could have been better, but I know that it's like early in development. Is, so yeah. that was like, I was, I was fine with kind of, like getting past that, you know what I mean? And just seeing it for what it was. And I'm super stoked. I'm interested in it. I, I, I'm open to it. I just like, I was saying this to Viz on a previous episode, like it's going to be so crazy because we're going to, we're going to have Final Fantasy 16, but we're also going to have the subsequent parts for remake as well. Like at the same time Mm -hmm. on PS5, right? Like we're going to have a lot of Final Fantasy content (laughs) and like, I couldn't be happier. Like I love, Final Fantasy as a series, so I'm just super stoked to uh, be able to play these games and like have more Final Fantasy content. You know what I mean? Because look, mm-hmm. like in the past, when we look at the amount of time it took between, um, you know, to get Final Fantasy 15 because it was versus 13, and then they scrapped that and they had to, you know, Tabata had to kind of start from scratch again, and it was 10 years, mm-hmm. you know between final fantasies like that we actually got like a mainline series on a console um and then the space between 15 and remake as well was large so 
I'm just happy to go, like, to, to live in a world where, like, we don't have to wait, like, 10 years for a Final Fantasy game. And now we're going to have multiple experiences. So I'm I'm really excited about that. They had to start the remake again once, too, didn't they? Yeah, they took it in-house. Like, they they had, I think it was, who was making? It was CyberConnect2, yeah. I yeah, think, that's that it. was working mm-hmm. on it. Um, And then they obviously, like, brought it in-house. So Square Enix kind of had to re- I think they used some of the assets Most, that they had but created, but recreated they much, uh, like, many, many things, like brushed, yeah, brushed up so they many much things. Had to restart. Uh, yeah, except not the door textures. <laughs> except just not not the low res um, door textures and other things. Um, which I hope they're going to be f- like able to fix that in the PS5 release, and also when it comes to PC as yeah. well. And if not. Some modder out there is going to be able to fix it. So. Well, here's some nice mod. information for you. I've been in the game. I've seen all of those textures, and they are actually really high quality. The door the textures, problem, yes. Yeah, the, the bug that's actually going on there is the, uh, I can't think of the name of it, but there's a system yeah. where the further away if you are from something, it oh, loads a lower level of red. detail. Yes. LOD. It doesn't load. Yeah, the LOD. Yeah, LOD. That's LOD. broken. LOD, yeah. <laughs> I know <laughs> the textures actually look great. Yeah, they're there. Like the files are there. Somebody dug into this on Twitter. I remember they made a posting and it looks like all of the HD textures are there. It's just that they failed to load. Um, but it's I, I think it's kind of like we don't know if it's a bug with the system or if it's the fact that Square Enix decided that like it was giving it it made some kind of an issue with frame rate issue or frame mm. rate like the drops in frames or something so that they just basically like turned it off and because they wanted like a solid 30 fps which it doesn't dip like ever like it's at a steady 30 the entire most. time like, there it's are very a few instances but mostly it's steadier yeah it's pretty solid so Anyway, I guess we'll see what happens um, when the game releases on PS5, mm-hmm. Xbox Series X, and potentially PC. But I hope that uh, they do go back and fix those things. And uh, if not, like I said, we'll see some some modder somewhere is gonna do like like HD texture pack for the doors, like just the doors. <laughs> like we'll see these extravagant yeah. door. And who knows? Maybe <laughs> textures. Maybe they capped it on the consoles knowing that like <laughs> yeah. a pc version would come out a year after and they'd be Probably. like you know what we could sell the pc version better if the the console one looks worse <laughs> yeah yeah hey, look we'll fix the doors pay up <laughs> yeah <laughs> also schedule wise i think that's most important yeah. i know a lot of people were giving final fantasy 15 a lot of crap but you know final fantasy 15 was pushing it like they yeah. were like they were pushing it way too much. Like I'm, I'm sure Tabata and all of them were just like, "Hey, you know, like, no, we want to finish this. We need to finish this." And mm-hmm. then everybody else, like, because the the company was like dipping in in profits, they were just like, uh, "Exactly, you need to release this now, or else yep. we're not going to make timelines." Mm-hmm. And I think if they had delayed that, then other games might have been delayed. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's one yeah. of those things. It's like this is one of the reasons why I keep. I'm I'm a very big Yoshi P fan because of mm-hmm. not just not just fourteen, but like the work he's done because you know one thing that i like about creative business unit 3 is that the is that when when a schedule needs to happen they're always ahead and that's yeah. like new even for fans like that's mm-hmm. new for us it's new for us to see a final fantasy 16 like trailer that's new like mm-hmm. we're looking at the we're looking at our 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 calendars and we're like already like is that really <laughs> is that that's that has not been the case ever right yeah and um and I think that was one of 
I think a lot of the times that they're just going with whatever works. It's like the lesser of two evils. It's like, okay, well, you know, instead of having the frame rate drop, let's just let's let's just let some of these textures look like crap, right? I mean, exactly. look at look at 15. You know when you know the load times for 15? Mm-hmm. Horrible, right? Yeah. Or ho- like I can literally eat lunch mm. like and then come back <laughs> and then it will be but mm-hmm. because they're because they're trying to render everything and they have you know and it's it's horrible and I think they were trying to learn from that where mm-hmm. it's like you know we'll sacrifice some of this just so that people cannot be waiting forever yeah um so the the biggest load time is between chapters right yeah mm-hmm. like or or when you load the game or when you load the game yeah so I mean yeah it's it's a lot of back it's a lot of uh, business stuff but you know and obviously i think it's it sh- i don't think for fans too i think it shouldn't be lost on us to consider those things too mm-hmm. so i mean i i think the worst thing to ever expect from square is the death of their products <laughs> you know <laughs> like i would rather have low quality something low quality doors than not have a game at all for sure so, yeah i agree and it came at the right time too. I think they, I think they pushed it out at the right time. They're just like, yes. oh, you know, especially with the thing, especially with COVID, they're just like, everyone's home. Release this game now. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with you. People, people need something to to perk them up. Mm-hmm. I'd be yeah. very interested so. to know what the original delay was about, because they had it, yeah. they had it scheduled for a release in like February or something, and then delayed uh, it to March. That's uh, third of was... March, was it? Yeah, yeah, March third. Mm-hmm. So they delete it by a month and a bit, April 10th. No, oh, that was it, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm very curious to know what that delay was for. The delay, I don't think, was was in-game. I think all of it was outside. Uh, I think the delay was the was um, was shipping and stuff. Mm. Oh, possibly. Because you know that, because during... Um, um, uh, I work at a place that has, you know, that we, we constantly get... Um, uh, shirts done and all of that, you know, the choreography, whatever, right? So, so mm-hmm. costumes and stuff, right? So some some places uh, that actually ship, like during COVID, actually just like closed all their contracts, mm-hmm. and that's a that's a legal thing for somebody like for for a company like Square, you know. So if if a certain company is the only one that's supposed to distribute their games, and then they go, well, we're not distributing. That's like lawyers need to get involved just in order yeah. for them to get somebody else. Right. Like it's like it's you know it's so funny too because I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this or if your audience is aware of this, but just because it's Square Enix, depending on the department, they don't own the rights to other Square Enix stuff. Mm-hmm. So, for example, Final Fan. So when Final Fantasy VII remake came out, a lot of people on 14 were just like, "Are we gonna get four uh, like Final Fantasy VII related stuff?" And then the thing is, the department of Final Fantasy VII said no. Even though they all belong to Square, yeah. So they're just like, no, you can't do this. And then <laughs> the whole thing with the voice acting too. It's like, um, this was a big contention. They're just like, why can't Smash have English voices? And it's like, uh, because the department said no. <laughs> yeah. Even though, even though a department in the same in the same company is like, yes, can they? And then the other department's like, no. It's like asking a neighbor because they own the rights. Cup of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, but everyone's grouchy. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. But 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 everybody borrowed each other's lawnmowers and everybody broke it in some way, so everyone's mm-hmm. skeptical. But that's kind of how it is, especially with Final Fantasy VII. If you notice other Final Fantasy titles, like if you notice anything owned by Sakaguchi, this all is like, yeah, go use it. Oh, you want to mm-hmm. use uh, Warrior of Light again? Go ahead. Oh, you want to use Furion? Go ahead. You know? Oh, you want to use Onionite? Go ahead. 
you know, but when it comes to a lot of the Nomura stuff, like a lot of it is sort of like, like no, no can do, especially with seven stuff mm -hmm. with FF seven. Like they're very particular about that. They're very, very, very particular. It's their little money maker, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So, so yeah, Final Fantasy seven has been making money since its birth, <laughs> you <Yep>. know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, it, it's just crazy to think that sometimes, huh? It's like, oh, we can borrow these elements. It's like, oh, no, you can't. And, oh, by the way, for so for people who are listening, that also becomes a problem in development. Because sometimes they're like, oh, we want to use this battle system, or we want to do this from this, or we want to use this from 15. And then the team <laughs> from 15 is like, uh, no. <laughs> because, you know, and it's not even they're just being dicks. It's like, you know, the people who worked on it. So, for example, um, if, if it, let's say soon, let's say Echo West becomes super big, right? Now, um, the, the voice acting from Echo S is done by, like, my group, which is, uh, you know, quote-unquote still thinking film. So we're like, this is, a, this is a collaboration, right? Yeah. Between Sunamods and, and us. So if Sunamods is like, hey, we want to use these voices for something else, you know, if this was an actual company, right? And we all mm -hmm. had rights and royalties and stuff. I actually can say no. <laughs> does it make sense? Yeah, like, it does make sense, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and he can't he can't just use it because you know like I worked on the project too, so it's kind of like that, mm. uh, you know like and mm -hmm. to and to buy and if he needs to if he wants to have all of that he has to actually buy me out of the of the project or something and th that's kind of the messy stuff that happens. That's why I I don't I don't hate on Square sometimes when they do that when they're just like oh but the battle system in why didn't they do this? It was in 15. They used it in 15. It's like, yeah, they used it in 15. And maybe the people like the dig, like the, mm -hmm. the, the, the graphics company that worked on that or the choreography or the motion capture company that right. they had to partner with said, no, it's like, true. you know, so, or there were so many people involved in the contract. Mm -hmm. Like it just wasn't possible. And this is yeah. also what they were talking about when they released, um, like, uh, Sephiroth and smash as well. I remember, I think there was an interview with, mm -hmm. um, Oh my gosh, what's his name from Nintendo? Uh, Sakurai? I forget. Yes. So he had said that, like, with Seven, there's just so many different layers of, like, contracts and everything that it was, like, not possible to be able to do until now. So everybody made an agreement, and they were able to bring um, Sephiroth to Smash. And you could see, like, how much care was taken in creating the uh, arena. And... Just like the environment, the music, like everything, right? So it was kind of a love letter to Final Fantasy VII, and I could see, like, why um, I guess they would they would want this, right? Like to approve this um, mm -hmm. because they're reaching a broader audience, especially too on the Switch. Um, and Smash Ultimate is super popular, and mm -hmm. I was kind of discussing this with Viz on a previous episode. We were talking about potentiality of having remake on the Switch and um, with downgraded visuals and. I think that it would be totally possible, but um, like you said, there's so many different things, like to like hoops that you have to jump through in order to make it happen, you know. And I guess we'll see. Um, oh, little trivia on that one too. Sorry, I'm like <laughs> I, I have a lot of these things because I actually watch Square Enix, like not just Final Fantasy. Like mm -hmm. I watch because I love Final Fantasy so much. I'm actually watching Square Enix. Um, like it's funny too because do you know that when they when when Smash uh like buys quote-unquote buys these characters or gets permission because mm -hmm. it's not just a lip can we get permission right and we'll do all yeah, the work it's it's licensing uh, it's, and <laughs> it's licensing and not just that it's like like included in the contract i'm pretty sure like they won't ask for anything less if it's like okay if we give you sephiroth 
you have to make an FMV for Sephiroth. Like as a as a trailer, if you don't do mm-hmm. that minimum, then we can't. Then we will not give it to you. <laughs> like you know, and it's not even that. So some some people are just like, "Oh my god, did you see his trailer? His trailer was so awesome." It's like that's probably stipulated. <laughs> yeah, could be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like like they're they're just like we're not asking for anything less than this. You know, if, yeah. because because it because it it reflects on them. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Sephiroth got his own trailer. Oh, well, they all get their own trailer, but he gets like, yes. he gets like FMVs and <laughs> and they make it's like he has to kill Galim. It's like he has to kill Galim. It's like yeah, he has to kill Galim, but he's the main boss. Yes, he has to kill him. You know what I mean? It's because <laughs> because it reflects it reflects on them, yeah. right? If if it's if it's like hey, you know this character who is like the god of the FF7 world, yeah, right? It was so he comes in if he comes in and then he's getting smacked around by Mario, then it makes it makes it makes the That's character true. look like shit. I'm sorry. Yeah, I said, that's true. Yeah. But it makes the character look like crap. And then it's like, and what does that reflect on Square? Huh? Like, you know, we want to look like a big deal. Like, that, it, it matters. Mm-hmm. Like, that stuff matters. I think so, too. Yeah. I, I think this is uh, the main problem with uh, Kingdom Hearts uh, 3 and Disney. Mm-hmm. They had to tone down so many things. And I've, I've heard that uh, Frozen, uh, they, they had so many more plans for Frozen, which would would have been really good. But they had to got so many things because it would probably have either reflected badly on them or mm-hmm. spoiled mm-hmm. something for the next part or they had to like completely sanitize their characters so they could still keep selling it the way they wanted to and Disney is very particular about the characters yeah. and the, their image and stuff that's mm-hmm. yeah it's and they and they can even go back on their own word. Like I think I think that might have been the case with the you know from final uh, from Kingdom Hearts one to Kingdom Hearts two, you know because you know obviously think about that they're just like okay you know what we'll make we'll make selfie and Tidus and Waka kids and Destiny Islands mm-hmm. right, and then come part two you know Nomura can look at that and be like, oh you know our fans the Final Fantasy fans they didn't really. They they didn't appreciate the fact that we did that to Titus and Waka, you know. <laughs> so we're just not going to do that again. So yeah. in the next one, we're just going to we're just going to act like they never existed, right? Uh, and and that's totally a thing. Like that's I mean, that's totally a thing. I mean, imagine if this podcast all of a sudden gets a uh, like Square goes, hey, can or somebody goes, hey, can we use clips from your podcast and then they're totally mm-hmm. denigrating it right like of course it feels bad yeah like you know if you had to say in it you wouldn't want that to happen right so for sure yeah uh, so think of them like that but with money right? <laughs> <laughs> where money's involved you know what happens <laughs> yeah yeah all right guys so that concludes our episode today with suna and the crane i just want to say thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedules to come on the show today to talk about suna mods the modding community and uh you know final fantasy 7 this game that we know and love so much so thank you guys so much it was it was so great having you here and uh, i had a lot of fun no absolutely pleasure to be here thank you so much it was really great to talk with you all right, guys. So if you have any ideas for our next episodes, you can write us. Our email is thereunionpodcast at gmail.com, thereunionpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we do have a Twitter account. It's at reunion underscore podcast. Our Facebook is Reunion Podcast. Our YouTube channel is The Reunion Podcast, and we do post our full episodes there on our YouTube channel as well. And our Instagram account is at 
the reunion podcast. So, um, Fizz, did you want to drop your socials for Cosmo Canyon Observatory? Yes, for sure. No, it's simply Cosmo Canyon Observatory on uh, YouTube. It's easy. Just uh, type it in the search bar. It's at CC underscore observatory on Twitter. And the Discord is also called Cosmo Canyon Observatory, but you can find links on our Twitter page and on mm-hmm. YouTube as well for, for Discord, so it's easy to join. That's about it. All right, Suna, so any uh, socials that you want to drop for our listeners? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, pretty much everything that I use is just labeled as Suna Mods. If you Google just Suna Mods, the first 10 links will be all the different things you can find, like Discord or <laughs> Nexus, Twitch facebook whatever you know just the whole works but um yeah i do uh, i stream on twitch as i mentioned earlier modding ff7 is my full-time job uh because i am a twitch streamer and mm-hmm. i get enough viewers that are kind enough to pay the bills for me so you know <laughs> nice but if anybody nice. is interested it's one thing playing a mod and being like oh that mod was really yeah. cool it's, it's a whole different experience if people decide, you know what, I, I want to go by and see how this stuff is created in the first place. And you know, that's what mm-hmm. I do over there. But yeah, just Suna Mods pretty much everywhere and you'll, uh, and you'll find me. Perfect. All right, Crane, you can drop your socials. Twitter is at C-Sekanan. It's C-S-E-K-H-A-N-A-N. On YouTube, it's just, uh, it's uh, Still Thinking Films. That's it. Uh, we're yeah, and uh, I'm doing this whole boy band thing. So if you want to hear mm-hmm. some of your Final Fantasy characters sing, then uh, then there it is. All right, and like I said, I, I checked that out. I'm actually super. I was super sad because I'm actually a singer, and I really wanted to be in it. So Aww. maybe the next one. Maybe the next one. But I'll give you a little preview. <clears throat> you are my fire. The one desire believe. There you go. Oh, <laughs> that's good. You're not even gonna finish the line. <laughs> believe <laughs> what? What do I believe in? What? Tell when me. I say I want it that way. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, we don't get a DCMA takedown nah. from Backstreet Boys. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> just like that, this was the best episode ever. Yes, <laughs> we heard Kai sing. He technically auditioned on, like, on the. Podcast. I did, I did. Yeah. I'm doing it right now. So the next, the next project, what do you come up with? Just uh, keep me in mind because I, you know, I'll grace my vocals. Oh yes. <laughs> if there is some form oh, of yes. upvoting system on whatever thing you're watching <laughs> us or listening to us on right now, you got to do it for that singing. That was. It's, yeah, it's called share. Me. Just share. Just share the <laughs> exactly. Damn thing. All right, everybody. So don't forget to like and subscribe and also write us a review if you feel so inclined. It is the best way to support us here on the podcast. And it really helps us jump to the top of the podcast lists on all the podcast streaming platforms out there because we are available on all of them. So thank you so much again to Suna and Crane for coming on the episode today. It was a blast talking to you guys. And uh, I hope you guys stay uh, safe and stay healthy. Take care, everyone. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Have fun. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.